Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. It's Wednesday, June 13th, 2012, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I'm in the house with Steve Say. Greetings. Bob Ryer. Konnichiwa. And joining us for the first time, Rob New What? New. I forgot. It's New Meyer. New Meyer. I almost said New Wire, and I knew that wasn't right. Almost. (laughs) Yeah. But hello, everyone. New Meyer. Rob, tell everybody uh, how we know you. Uh, well, I sell you your comics. You do. You do <laughs> sell us our comics. Yeah, Rob is responsible for uh, my weekly hauls every week that people freak out about and tweet me about. Rob's the, uh, Rob is the dealer. He's the man. I'm, I'm the basement dweller, I guess. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, it, it, it's fun being able to uh, recommend and, and give people what they want. Al Capone used to say the th- same stuff, you know. Excellent. I'm only giving people what they want. You know, yeah. booze, babes, you know, gambling. It was great. And comics. And yeah. comics. If he were alive today, he'd be selling variant covers, I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. And let's be fair, Steve. No, there's no one to blame for your rabid buying of comic books but yourself. No, it's really your fault. Yes, it fault? is your fault. You, you started, started this it. whole thing. Yeah, you didn't have to say yes when I asked you to be on it. <laughs> no. <laughs> So it goes back to that, that one day on Facebook where I wrote, I'm looking for somebody to write for a comic book site. And so he goes, hey. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. I like to spend money. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of dollars later. Try and push the blame on other people. Yeah, here it's the only are. way. It's the only way to get through the day. It's how I sleep <laughs> at night. All right. So uh, today on the show, we're going to be talking about the new New 52, uh, the books that have come out, uh, the books that are getting cut, the books to come out. Um, but before we do that, of course, we're going to do Book of the Week. Um, but I want to ask, Bob and I saw Prometheus uh, yesterday. Has everybody seen it here at this table? Nope. I have not yet, but oh, I am. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm, I read what it was. I read all the spoilers. And Why would you do that? <sighs> Why would you do that? <laughs> you know, I, I love aliens. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just not as into the whole Ridley Scott thing as, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. as a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. So I'm not rabid. To go and see the book. Mm-hmm. I mean the movie. Sorry. Right. Um, so I just wanted to know what it was about. I, right. I read all the spoilers. I read uh, the no no spoilers. No 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 no. no, 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 no. I will not ruin anything. But I read the meaning behind things. I guess uh-huh. you could say. So yeah, I'm, I'm up on it. Um, I'm not actually. As far as Ridley Scott goes, I feel like it's been a while since he's made a really great movie. Uh, this movie I feel is pretty great. Um, I agree. And, but if you're going into it expecting. Alien, that's not what you're getting. That's not what you're getting at all. No, and that, that's what the community is, I believe, bugging out about. Right, which is funny because all the pre-talk from the, uh, the, 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 the makers of the film have, has all been, yes, this is in the Alien universe, but 
you're not going to see the alien. This is not, uh, this is not, the sequel to Prometheus is not alien. And I think people still kind of expect, oh, they're probably lying. This is going to be an alien movie. And it's not, you know, it, it shares that same DNA. You're going to see a lot of the iconography that you used to in alien in this movie. And there are callbacks as far as visually, but it's not an alien prequel. Steve, you didn't see it yet, right? Nope. So we are not so, going to say anything so, about the plot. No, I we're will, not. I will see it again, so we we can go. It I was, was that good, and I went in. I said it to mm. you, really preparing to be disappointed, because how can something be Alien, which is one of my favorite movies ever, mm. and he hasn't done science fiction since Blade Runner, mm. unless we count Gladiator, I suppose. <laughs> um, so to be so blown away by it as I was, it's serious science fiction. Mm. No skimping on action stuff. A lot of mm-hmm. cool, a lot of nasty things happen. Yeah. And great cast. Yeah, great cast. Fassbender can do no wrong. He's just amazing. Oh, I like him a lot. Yeah, he's great. And Numira yeah. Pace yeah. is fantastic. And Charlize fantastic. Theron's in it, right? Charlize Theron yeah. is in it yum, as well. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> and it is one of the most beautiful looking movies I've ever seen. Uh, nice. It mixes yeah. practical and visual effects nearly flawlessly. That's why... I, uh, I definitely will go see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I don't care that I'm going in knowing everything. Mm-hmm. It does not bother me at all. Gotcha. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Even the stuff in Iceland or whatever he filmed that beginning sort of travelogue oh, sequence the, oh, that yeah, yeah. Na- then leads to a nice surprise. Yeah. Really just amazing to look at. It's a pretty stunning pretty stunning movie. Um, so yeah, I wanted to get a little of that talk out because that's the biggest thing kind of in geek culture happening right at the moment, I, I think. But uh, let's, let's get to talking about some comic books. Do we uh, have to? We're having fun. We have to. We have to talk about comic books. We're going to get to our books of the week, but before we get to that, uh, uh-huh. before Watchmen started this uh, past week, and since we did a whole podcast on it a couple months ago, mm-hmm. I figured we should probably at least talk about the first issue, uh, which is Minutemen, number one, uh, uh, written and with art by Darwin Cook. So, Bob, what did you think of uh, Watchmen, Minutemen, number one? Enjoyed the heck out of it, despite it being everything I knew before, basically. Right. But they picked the perfect person to do retro. Mm-hmm. We've, after New Frontier, this is the guy you hire for this right now. Wonderful, staying in that universe, dark enough, but still it's a nice introduction. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really looking forward to the second one. Interesting. Okay. Rob, what did you think? I absolutely loved it. I totally agree with Bob. Uh, Darwin Cook, I love his spirit stuff. I loved uh, his Jonah Hex take. Mm-hmm. So I think it is absolutely excellent uh, as an add-on to the Watchmen universe. Right, yeah. Uh, th- I think that's fair. Steve, you read it, correct? Yes, I did. What did you think? Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I, uh, I think I remember on the podcast that we had, I said that I didn't care yeah. that mm-hmm. the Watchmen were coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, me taking things back that I say all the time. <laughs> um, no, I. after this first issue, I'm excited for it. I loved, I absolutely loved the art style. Mm-hmm. Um, reminded me very much of uh, like Bruce Timm, almost, uh, Batman animated series type, mm-hmm. of, uh, type of art. And um, I saw on a, a couple of forums and stuff for it that people were not enjoying the idea that it was kind of calling back to some of the other heroes mm-hmm. that had come in. Like, they're like, I don't care about these people. I want to read about the Watchmen. I don't want to read about these right. other. I that was the part about it that I really enjoyed, mm-hmm. um, and I liked the voice of it. I thought the the narration and who they like the like Bob and and Rob were saying <laughs> that um, 
it's a really it's a really nice introduction to bring you back into that world, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I I did really like it, and I appreciate that it needs to be the book that brings people into this universe because you can't necessarily assume that people are reading before Watchmen have necessarily read Watchmen. You you can't. So this does recount a lot of what of what is talked about in the under the hood stuff in in Watchmen but because it's a number one it does its job saying okay this is who all these characters are this is who I am this is what to come I'm very excited just like you guys had said about what's to come uh, I want to see the stuff I don't know yet this has always been the book I've looked the most forward to since they announced it because it's the one area that I feel as if I don't really know all the stories you know there's a few big beats they tell you in Watchmen about it obviously but this is the one I feel like there's the most, you know, area to mine, which should be very interesting. Um, I love some of the vignettes that happened in it. Um, especially, I can't, I can't remember her name, the, the, the lesbian hero. Silhouette. 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 Loved that vignette. You know, it, it's, it's powerful. It's meaningful. It does, you know, it means more than I, I feel like the, you know, other homosexual characters that we're getting in <laughs> these other books right now mean because there's oh sadness and depth to it. And she, and it's not, and the story about her, even this little couple pages that is, or the page that it is, is about what she does, not about the fact that she sleeps with women. And there's that line in it that says, do you mm-hmm. think these people cared that she was a lesbian? Yeah. She saved their lives, you know? And that's what I'm kind of hoping we see from the gay characters that were starting to get introduced in these other books. We'll see. But we'll see. But this is very well done. It didn't excite me because I already kind of knew everything that was happening, but it did. Le- it was sharply written. It's beautiful to look at. So I'm excited to see what comes. Yeah. I think you're getting a nice expansion of those stories, yeah. even from before. Mm-hmm. And the movie, because it can't be five hours long, yeah. it's already three and change, had to leave some of that out. Mm-hmm. And so that uh, hopefully people who saw that movie then read that trade mm-hmm. will come around to this. This is the, I don't know what the other books will be like, Silk Spectre's today. Yep, Silk Spectre is today. Mm-hmm. Also set vintage, or is it a split sort of both Silk Spectre's? No, it, it's set before. It, um, okay. I guess it's, it's more modernized, but it'll feel... Tad vintage, I Good. guess you could say. It's uh, still Ama- Darwin Cook writing, right? Yeah, and, yeah, Amanda Connor art. Perfect. Yeah, it looks absolutely beautiful. And with this, all this Watchmen stuff, I've kind of been afraid, you know, will it bring people into the stores? Mm-hmm. And I'm glad to say that it has. So It's yeah, good to hear. Yes. Actually, hmm. the one thing I didn't like about it, and it's just, it's because the story is going to be split between all of these issues. The Crimson Corsair backup, mm-hmm. it felt like nothing to me. It was uh, uh, two pages, and it just, that felt more unnecessary than the entire, this entire Before Watchmen thing that's happening. It, it, uh, With any backup like that, that's two or three pages, I read them, they slip out of my head, and yeah. at the end, when everything's all together, I'll just go through and read it again, right. and it'll make a thousand percent you know, more sense, but yeah. I, I hate it when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you guys are way ahead of me. I didn't even read it. Oh, knowing yeah? knowing this was going to be an issue, mm. so I'll kind of wait for I'll read two of them in one shot. Yeah, that's probably a better idea. Uh, you know, probably when it gets put together into a trade, it will be a really good story. But to start out with, because you know the Black Freighter is one of those things in Watchmen that is this amazing kind of sneaks up on you 
story in a lot of ways, you know, as mm-hmm. it starts to develop into a parallel to the story of Watchmen. And there's that's a lot of baggage to come with the story, and it can no longer be a surprise. So it has to be something really fantastic. And it, it I can't tell if it's good or bad from those two pages. No. And uh, that's a little disappointing because it makes me feel like, okay, I have to buy every single issue of Before Watchmen, no. of all six of each run to right. get this whole story. That seems a little ridiculous. Yeah, well, you know there will be a trade, yeah. so that's the optional thing to do. Right, yeah. Um, and I'm going to pick up all the number ones, at least, and then see which ones I don't like, and then I'll just drop the ones I don't like. So we'll see. I'm excited to pick up Silk Spectre today. For all those people who were so negative before, mm-hmm. I wonder how many attempted, or at least sampled this, reading it in the store, or tried to get it. Is it online yet? Did they read it digitally? Oh, it's, it was, okay. yeah. DC does all their stuff. Okay. Uh, day and day digital. I'd like to see some of the naysayers and what they said. Maybe they'll have a change of heart as Steve did. Yeah. I mean, it, there, I don't <laughs> think there's anything in the book that's going to make a hater change their opinion. Because because it doesn't do anything new, it, it's not the issue that's going to make people go, oh, well, this is why they're doing Before Watchmen. I'm, I'm pretty sure I know someone who hates it. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Alan, Alan Moore oh, prob- yeah. well, yeah. probably yeah. has some yes. problems. <laughs> he, uh, he hates it no matter what. He hates everything that anybody ever does with anything he's ever touched. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's well, very well, grumpy Well, man. when he does something original, maybe he'd have more of a complaint. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Zinger! Snap. <laughs> <laughs> he takes his name off even the good movies that are made out of his, <laughs> out of his work. So, whatever. Um, yeah, but before Watchmen, I, I, th- I thought it was very good. Uh, in that vein, to get the, the big stuff out of the way really quick, uh, AVX 5 came out last week. Yes. For me, it's the first Avengers vs. X-Men book. I, not first. I really liked issue two, which is an Aaron issue. Um, but really the first standout issue to me of AVX where it finally moves things forward. It has character and emotional resonance. Mm-hmm. And it gives us a surprise for the first time yes. in the five issues that we've seen in, in yeah, front of finally, us. Yeah, we're finally off to doing something now. Yeah, we're finally done with the stuff that we have already seen a thousand times, and now we're into something new and, and different. So I'm excited about that, but because of the kind of lackluster nature nature of the first four, it doesn't make me um, confident that they're going to... I might have to read another four issues of just like treading water and then I get a really cool issue. I, that doesn't seem worth it to me. In but the second six, you mean in the second yeah. six. Yeah. In the second six. Um, Rob, what did you think? Uh, I'm very jaded with all these event books. Mm-hmm. Um, a man after my own heart. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I've seen so many of them come and go and nothing sticks. Nothing ever changes. Mm-hmm. So what will happen at the end of this? No one knows yet, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as of now, we have Power Rangers, I guess you could <laughs> say. <laughs> um, so it, it will be interesting to see if what they do sticks. And, you know, if, if it does, kudos to them. Mm-hmm. If not, you know, but that's, I'm expecting it not. Right, yeah. <laughs> so. And they're changing artists after issue five? Because I, at some point they're oh. changing artists, right? Yeah, Um because there's no way that they would be able to get all 12 issues done. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yes, the definitely changing artists. I think they're going to... Who are they going to? I'm not even sure. Um, uh, well, I think about... See, what did you uh, think well, of the issue? Did you even read it? Yes, I read it. I'm pointing at Steve <laughs> right pointing now. at me. Yeah, yeah no, I read it. Um, I'm, I'm excited that something happened mm-hmm. at the end. Um, it was definitely a cool issue. 
But, um, you know, to, to just echoing everybody's thoughts, and I mean, we've talked about this before, and Rob and I have talked about this till we were blue in the face, that, like, is is what's happening in these books, is it going to matter? Like he said, is it going to stick? I just, we've had predictions as to what this is going to amount to. We've predicted what the end result's going to be, and if that's what it turns out to be, mm-hmm. and we called it from before the event even began, mm-hmm. That would be really sad and a huge waste of time and money. And, um, you know, I, I'm enjoying it to a point. Um, it's not the first book in my to-read pile. Um, I feel like every, every other week, which is when they do come out, but I'm always, I'm always reading AVX stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe three, uh, three books, whether it's tie-ins or not, maybe four, have mattered to me. Mm-hmm. Everything else I've read, and it's been like, all right, I've heard this argument before. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, but the only stuff that's been like really getting me is the the Wolverine and Hope stuff has been really cool. Um, I could take or leave the Captain and uh, and and Cyclops pissing contest right. argument shit like in every issue. Yeah, yeah, I just I don't like Scott Summers his arguments. I don't. He keeps saying the same thing mm-hmm. over and over and over again. He's not adding any depth to the situation, and it's a supposedly supposed to be a big deal. But he just reminds me of a big kid. Yeah, you know, he's just, we we you know we think this is gonna. He's so sure, yeah, that what's gonna happen will happen. Mm-hmm. And if it turns like we said, if it turns out that it just means that new mutants can come about, right? Big deal. Yeah, yeah. You know, it has gotta be some kind of consequences or catastrophe or major deaths, even though they can always bring people back, mm-hmm. it would be nice if there were consequences to this. And so right. far, I don't, I don't see any. Well, you can't do the reverse of the no more mutants, right? House of M kind of thing. You can't do no more superheroes because then you're not going to publish <laughs> the Marvel books in a month. Yeah, right? yeah. Which is kind of bad. I'm... I enjoyed this much more than the other ones. I've been slagging all the other ones mm-hmm. for now four months or whatever it is, however <laughs> long it goes. Um, like my real problem is you mentioned the waste of money. I've been buying these books, not all these carryovers, because except for you got me to buy some Wolverine X-Men books, which mm. have been very good. I've bought every huh. one of these motherfuckers. Well, you're crazy. Yeah. yeah. Say, I you're buy crazy. an X-Book, it's X-Factor, which doesn't cross over into these things, which <laughs> is good for Peter, I guess. He didn't have to put up with this. But we, we get to the same situation. Thankfully, I'm not buying AVX Versus, mm-hmm. right. where you can see the same thing spread out across 12 pages. But the first four issues have just been nothing. Mm-hmm. Circular arguments to circular battles to... Could this have well, been done in two issues or three or I think it could one be done instead in three of twelve? Like, I, I, I know that they're like yeah. they're lining up events and they're showing you, oh, this happened when this was going on. Mm. But how many panels do we need of Captain America talking on his cell phone? <laughs> oh, it's horrible. You know, yeah. like I've seen him have wrap up that conversation four times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. true, but again, Mar- Marvel wants the money, and mm. the books are on top mm-hmm. of the charts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the past month, uh, issue four and three were their top-selling books mm-hmm. for the whole month. So, but I mean, We've discussed, well, I've ranted, I should say, ranted, we've discussed, um, if you load everyone's money in, you know, as, as consumers, and top-load it into, I have to buy X books, well, then they're not buying Deadpool or Defenders or anything else. Right, which they're not. 
Right, but they're forced. They're, you're forcing them to buy one thing. Right. If they decide, I don't want to buy this anymore. I don't like the X Men anymore because Scott's acting like an asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they may drop all the X books, and then mm-hmm. you haven't created a new customer. You've lost someone who is buying four or five books a month. I, I will to, say, to an event. I understand that line of, of thinking, and you, to a point, you're correct. But Marvel's not forcing anyone to buy anything. You know, the, if now they cater to a audience that is generally has the compulsion to collect, right. yo, and to buy the everything, desire to be forced. Yes. yes. So and yes. So do they have a responsibility to not do that? I don't know about that. They're a company that's supposed to make money. If you don't like the AVX books and the general consensus across pretty much all of the internet is that they have been no good. Mm-hmm. You know this whole run, and as Rob says, they're at the top of the sales. They're charts. at top of the sales charts. They're, t- the best, they're, the, they're the best-selling books of all comics. So, in the end, it's up to you as a consumer. You vote with your wallet. If you don't, if these events weren't the best-selling things every time they came out, Marvel wouldn't keep doing all these events. Hundred percent agree. They do it because people buy it. That's what people gets attention on them. Yo, I, <laughs> so, so should we say to people, don't be sheep. It's not about being cheap, but just be discerning. Don't wow. buy something yeah. just because it, people tell you to. But. Okay, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Okay. What would, like, 10-year-old you think of this book? Right. 10-year-old me, let's see, so in 1966, <laughs> okay, uh, they didn't do things like this. No, okay, you know uh, okay, what I okay, mean. Okay, the 17-year-old me, Avengers Defenders first huge crossover was done so much better than this was. The whole thing was wrapped up in four issues of each book in the course of a summer. Mm-hmm. And there were consequences. The Black Knight would have been turned into a stone statue, got restored, and we had the Hawkeye who had changed sides. Great battles, great dialogue, and all one writer, Steve Englehart, who did both sets of books. No, I, so it was I, consistent I definitely, throughout. Yeah, I've read those. I absolutely love right. them. So but, I love those. So it, it, I don't know that... I don't know that 10 or 15-year-old me would have been any less discerning than the 56-year-old me was at this okay, point. Okay, let, let me put it a different way. Okay. Uh, maybe Steve or, or Bobby. Um, a 10-year-old today, you go and see the Avengers movie. Mm. Someone tells you, oh, hey, Avengers, X-Men, go into a comic book store and look. They're, they're all together. Mm-hmm. What would you think? I think it was awesome. Yeah, I mean... I am very happy because I've seen many new customers, new kids come in and ask That's for this what it's book. That's it should be about. Yeah. Exactly, because they can come in and we just expand their mind. You know, mm-hmm. give them, uh, give <laughs> them. <laughs> well, what I said was almost worth. Give them a Jeff Smith's bone or <laughs> uh, just just great great books well, for. <laughs> we should edit that bit out and replace that title with something else. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, because we'll give them Jeff Smith's bone. Yeah, that's good. We'll give a new ten-year-old Jeff Smith's bone. <laughs> Um, that's, that's why I was hesitant to say it. Yeah. But, but it was uh, no, Just were. go for it. Keep okay, going. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's great because then we have, we have new people to work with. We have mm-hmm. n- new people to show all these years of great work to. Yeah, absolutely. And again, Bob, what you were saying, you know, you mentioned 17-year-old you. By the time you're 17, your discernibility has started to come into play. Before you're, t- my opinion is before you're 12 years old, everything is awesome. Right, everything is awesome because you have nothing to compare anything to. It's oh, this is awesome, that's awesome. You know, if I was twelve or ten when Transformers came out, like this is amazing. You know, that's what I would be like. Seventeen-year-old me, twenty-seven-year-old me, 
29 year old me, whatever would be, this is not very good. So, uh, you know, and you were always talking, right, Bob, you're always talking about, you know, comics have to bring kids in. Yeah. Right. So, and so, so if this is doing that, then I don't have a complaint yeah. from the retailer. It's good mm. to hear that. Yeah. Um, it definitely is. Uh, and it's great just to see them so excited coming in and looking for the next issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. Stars in their eyes. <laughs> oh, you. Well, my, here, I, just to throw a little wrench in the works, my one thing, the 10-year-old me, like I would be super excited. But I think on the other half of the coin, that I'd also be super confused because of the magnitude of the event and the all of the... Like when we had um, Alan Kistler on mm-hmm. the show and he had to give us that rundown. It was a big help, actually. Yeah, there was so much information mm-hmm. that 10-year-old me would have no idea what these past events were that all led up to this. Mm-hmm. That granted, I, th- I think, you know, 10-year-old me would just wouldn't care about that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But... You know, I I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm being a little. You're like, bad. what is the context of these events that's well, happening? Well, that was okay. that was me, man. I was like, hmm. <laughs> ten year old <laughs> pipe in your mouth. Yeah. Well, ten year old me kind of stopped buying DC or stopped mm-hmm. having my father buy me DC because at, at in 1966 we're looking at the most constructive period in Marvel history and it's Stan and Jack's FF and you're talking about Galactus and the Black Panther and the humans, all this other stuff happening. And over at DC, it was Captain Cold <laughs> and the Justice League fighting starfish and mm. whatever. And it just was kind of boring. Mm-hmm. And Marvel's characters were just so much different and the 10-year-old me saw a difference. Right. And I sampled DCs. I'd buy the Justice League JSA team-ups every year, but backed away from... Mm-hmm. Their main line of books until Weird uh, Dead Man came out, or the the O'Neill Adams Green Lantern, where things look like Marvel. I started buying them. Right. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's an interesting perspective, and it, it's interesting to hear that kids are coming in to pick up those books. I was wondering about that. Um, uh, again, what like what about a book like Avengers Assemble? Are people coming in buying that book? Um, no, no. Okay, no. I just want to know. I did because I feel like that was the point of that book. The only reason why. I am pushing it onto people, though, because mm-hmm. that's kind of the direction that Bendis is taking his career. Mm-hmm. Um, the storyline that's going on right now is where he will be, after he stops writing Avengers, which gotcha. is pretty soon, Yeah, uh, that that's what he will be doing. So oh, okay. that's why people are reading that book. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, because that's, that's, that's interesting to hear. Steve, you gave a little point. You yeah, no, speak? I just, uh, right before I left the shop the other day, there was a customer that was coming in specifically to buy, like, the movie tie-in comics mm-hmm. and stuff like that. We were complaining about how you can never have the real actors on the cover of your comic book because <laughs> it just looks terrible. But he was psyched. He was so excited. He was, like, running to get his dad. He's like, Dad, they have it! And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so cool. That's the guy. Like, that's the guy that goes in and buys that book. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, comics cater to everyone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so they should. So that's our talk thoughts about AVX and before Watchmen. Let's move on to our books of the week, Bob. I think it's time for you to eat a little crow. You were complaining for a couple of weeks about <laughs> Who, a book. me. Yeah, I never complain about a book coming complain? out. Complain, moi. So, so much like Steve, pretentious moi. You know, I'll eat some humble pie. And I've been crowing stuff on this podcast <laughs> yeah, for months. Yeah. Um, Tell me about Dark Avengers, Bob. Which was Thunderbolts. Yes. And Dark Avengers, which I got so sick of when it was Norman Osborn and his Iron Patriot and all the rest of it, and that it was going to usurp 
Thunderbolts, which has been one of my favorite books for 15 odd years, mm -hmm. I should have trusted Jeff Parker. Mm -hmm. This is a great little book that follows logically from where we came before. The Thunderbolts, for those who don't know, they're villains who are acting as heroes in an attempt to get released from prison, and the whole program's run by Luke Cage, who is at his best in, in these books. And a whole bunch of them have disappeared in time. They've been bouncing around trying to get backwards and forwards, and they've been missing for a while. The government has decided, oh, we'll hire the Dark Avengers to be the Thunderbolts. So it's the clone Thor... A six-armed Venom. We've got all sorts of stuff going on. And Luke sort of gets fired, quits, except he doesn't quite. Mm. We've got Henry Pym in here. We've got all sorts of good stuff. I don't want to spoil any of this. If you, This is something you could pick up almost as a jump-on point. They do claim it's the first issue of A New Era. They give you enough backstory, and I think he'll fill it in as we go. I'm all about Dark Avengers, and I will humbly take my lashes here but wow. this was a really good book yeah um have, did you read it Rob? Uh, yes i have I've, I've stuck with thunderbolts ever since they appeared in uh, incredible hulk i've absolutely loved them and uh, bob and i have had this conversation yeah. before um back in the 90s they appeared awesome stuff i don't agree with him uh with the norman osborne stuff i like new spins on old characters mm -hmm. So to me, that's just another part of the story, mm -hmm. and now it's something new, and mm -hmm. it's still good. So do you think that people could jump onto this issue if they haven't been reading Thunderbolts? By all means. Don't be put off by the number 175. Um, that shouldn't happen with any comic, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Mm -hmm. There's always a jumping on point. Don't be afraid to just go up and ask, because mm -hmm. if it's a, a good retailer and they know their stuff, they should be able to point out exactly where to go. Right. Boosh. That's true. To be fair, we've talked about it before. There's a very small number of retailers that would be kind enough to you to, yeah, to, yeah. to, to be nice enough to you to point we've you in the right direction. We've all encountered the other yes. ones. Yes, we have. I asked for a book last week, and they went, I don't think we have it. And I said, you think? <laughs> or you know. Do, do you know? And he's like, no, I'm pretty sure we don't. Yeah. And I'm like, um, you want to... <laughs> help me check yeah oh well did you look in the stack over there oh, yeah i did but, but like there's you know there's boxes underneath and mm -hmm. there's stuff in the back and no oh. oh well then good day to you thank you for being good so day helpful. to you sir yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so helpful <laughs> like, yeah oh. i had a, i went to a, i talked about this right before but i went to a comic book shop once asked them um if they had uh, an issue of a book they looked at me like they didn't know what the book was i said um it's this Uncharted series is based on a video game. It's from DC. They go, is it up on the wall? And I said, no. They go, well, we don't have it then. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, thank Jeez. you. And I just left. Yep. Yeah. Like, I will not buy anything from you ever. You know, thank you very much. We talk a lot about it. the books themselves that, that Jim Shooter always used to say that uh, every book is someone's first Marvel comic. So you should be able to understand what's going on. By the same token, as someone who's been in retail for 40 years, I hate even saying it that mm -hmm. way. It's someone's first time in your store. Yeah. You don't, on mm. the, not knowing, you don't throw them out the door with attitude like that. You yeah. try very hard. I worked in a record store for many, many years, and we had more Blue Lady customers at Christmas time <laughs> because they would come in with a list that might as well have been hieroglyphics from their granddaughter. Right. Can you help me? Yeah, I tell you what, you could get on that line with 20 people on it. I'll send someone to the shelf to get all your stuff. Mm -hmm. And get you out of here in 10 minutes. 
No, you're not going to do Yeah, we're going to do that for you. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Mm-hmm. And those people come back every year. You'd see them all the time. Just a little bit of consideration. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I get psyched when I know it's someone's first time in my mm-hmm. store, uh, our store, I should say, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because I know from then on, it's my first impression to basically make them my customer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know they'll come back. I could point out, I'll, I'll ask them what TV shows they like, what mm-hmm. movies they like, and from there... I'll form a consensus on them. Look what you did to me. (laughs) First day that I walked into... I told you not to tell anyone. (laughs) (laughs) No, the first day I walked into your shop, it was, I came early and uh, um, there was nobody else in there. And instead of normally me, I'm a little weird, Mm -hmm. I would have been like, all right, and then left. Mm -hmm. But we got to talking. We talked for like two hours before the, the books came and it was awesome mm-hmm. and I'm, I've been in there every Wednesday since well I'll, I'll tell you for me I started out this thing the new 52 I started getting back into comics and my whole thing you guys Bob was I'm just gonna buy them my iPad that was what I was gonna do I'm just gonna buy them digitally I don't want to bother going to a store where they're gonna be rude to me I'm not gonna be able to find what I want to find and that was my addiction for a long time for months until in January for my birthday a friend of mine got me a gift card to your comic book shop uh, Tor Comics and I went in there, and it was the first experience I'd had in a in a shop that was genuinely positive, not just like not negative. It was positive. And then since then, I've bought more and more of my books there. I'm down to just like a few books digitally, just because that's how I bought all of them. So I'm I don't want to keep start buying physical books when I all the rest are digital. But and it's partly because it's a good experience, and it's a local place, and I want to support local businesses, but. It's great because I feel welcome when I come in there, and I feel like I'm coming there to see friends, and that's it's a great feeling, you know. And that's I I absolutely love Wednesdays because I get to see the best roundtable of discussions <laughs> every week. Uh, the you vultures. have yeah, you have Bob talking to movies with uh, Lennox. Uh, you have. Steve talking to Brendan about Red Sonia. I mean, it's yeah. many different things. It's absolutely amazing. But that's on you, though, being the ringleader. It, it, it starts, you know, the, the Italian expression is the fish stinks from the head down. <laughs> so in this case, yours doesn't. So yeah. I don't know. That was a long way around. Wednesdays that, but, are a riot at the store. Yeah. It's like, it's serious. It's like a bunch of vultures circling a carcass. Who wants one of these? There's a hierarchy to it, though. You need the hat with the spinning hypnotic. The ringmaster? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, let's get back on track with uh, some more books of the week. Yes. Who's um, next? I'll go. Uh, mine is a digital book, actually, after talking about going, <laughs> buying, going to comic book stores and buying physical books. But this book is digital only right now. I think it'll come out in print probably after. That's what DC does, right? They put their digital books out first there, and then they put them out in print. But it's uh, Batman Legends of the Dark Knight, uh, number one, and it's written by Damon Lindelof and, with art by Jeff Lemire. And it's you know a pretty small book. It's, it's a short kind of little uh, story, but it, it tells... First of all, it's a depiction of Batman that I'm not really used to seeing at this point. He's a little bit of a dick in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's very cocky. He's very self-assured. The, the basis of the book is just the assertion that he has, that he has no weakness. You know, that makes him better than Superman or Green Lantern. Superman is kryptonite. Green Lantern is afraid of the color yellow. You know, all these <laughs> other things. I have nothing. That his whole, he does this big thing. I have, I have no weakness. And this book is all about showing what that weakness is. And I don't want to give away because there's, there's a surprise to the book. Uh, but, Hard water, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, it's DC. Come on, he has to have something ludicrous. The the Jeff Lemire art 
is classic Jeff Lemire art. It's simple but highly evocative. You know, it, it, you, there's no mistaking that this this looks almost like in the sweet tooth vein. You know, in the, in the way it looks, and sweet tooth. it's just great. And I'm a Damon Lindelof kind of obsessive, so being a huge Lost fan, so it was it was like a perfect marriage uh, of two of my favorite creators, and I just really dug it. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a really short read; it only costs 99 cents uh, on Comixology. Oh. So if you guys have a way to read digital comics, uh, pick it up because it's it's pretty great. Uh, Rob, did you get a chance to check it out? I have not checked it okay. out. Yeah, I, I've read the preview stuff that mm-hmm. they've been throwing around on websites and such. Um, I'm excited to read it. Mm-hmm. I love Jeff Lemire, obviously. And uh, Lindelof is is great, um, but yeah, I, I highly recommend that. As you said, if if no one has read it yet, mm-hmm. go pick it up. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. Um, and obviously, Bob, I know yeah. you haven't read it because it's is only it digital. set in the past? The old Legends of the Dark Knight were always set backwards somewhere in his history. Is this? It seems that way. You know, it's very nondescript about what time. Okay. What what time period it's set in? It seems earlier in his career. And I heard uh, Lindelof and Lemire. I think they were talking about how. It sort of takes place because year one still exists in this new 52. So it takes place somewhere after year one, but somewhere before the events of, you know, Batman that we're seeing now. So, yeah, that's that's the deal with that. But it's definitely a a must pick up book. Rob, what do you what do you got for us? Uh, Mine is Ultimate Spider-Man 11. Awesome. Um, I am a Spider-Man freak Mm -hmm. uh, all my life, ever since I was seven. First thing I had ever bought was uh, the first appearance of Hobgoblin in Amazing Spider-Man. So um, I've been following all of this through the years, and since Miles Morales has been on the scene, it's been nothing but an excellent book. Mm -hmm. Um, Bendis, great job. Uh, David Marquez, great job. Uh, and I'm just very excited to where this is leading. I don't want to give anything away, right. uh, but it leads to the next big Spider-Man event book, which is Spider-Man, which is out today. Today, correct? Woo! Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm just super psyched about all that. Yeah. Talk about a, a great book for somebody who is just starting to read comics to jump in on that Ultimate Comic Spider-Man number one, the first Miles Morales um, uh, book is is a great place to jump on. It's excellent. It's it's very unexpected. People yeah. people automatically assume that they're going to hate the character, mm-hmm. and it's it's very much not so. Um, I think that it perfectly depicts uh, what someone would go through if they were faced with all of these family problems mm-hmm. with with gaining these powers after such a uh, you know huge hero had passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, it deals with it great, yeah. and uh, I've I've seen many people pick up the book, read it. And immediately want the trade or mm-hmm. want the back issues, uh, and you know that makes me happy. Just being a Spider-Man fan, so uh, I mean, I know Steve has has totally loved the book. I absolutely mm-hmm. love it, and this issue in particular. There's several things that are about to to come to a head. Two things in particular: there's people that want to talk to him, and there's somebody that he's you know internally he's dying to talk to dying to confess to and i'm just i'm waiting for that to happen because i think it's gonna it's gonna blow up and uh i love the struggle that he's going through i like the idea that it feels like a a child has been given Mm -hmm. the powers of spider-man he really bendis really nailed that aspect of it um the family you have the family turmoil he doesn't know who to trust you have uh his friend being left on the sidelines mm-hmm. where he's he's enthusiastic and only wants to do his help and because he can't be a part of that world he's being left in the dust you mm-hmm. feel for him 
And uh, it's just been great. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, even my own friends, they're like, oh, is that, you know, is that the black Spider-Man? I'm like, no. <laughs> First of all, no. Um, but it's that kind of attitude that is it just it pisses me off, to be quite <laughs> frank. I just... I don't like it when people automatically assume something. I mean, I'm guilty of it every so often, but I usually end up retracting. I at least explore it. Mm -hmm. You know, my my whole thing is you can't you can't talk shit about something unless you know what it is. Right. Amen. You mm -hmm. know, Twilight yeah. is a great yeah. thing. I've read all four of those pieces of shit. Yep. I can <laughs> my rip sympathies. it apart. As much as I want. Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm right there with you. That's the same reason I read them. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to, I know these are going to be bad. I'm going to read them so that when people challenge me about it, nope. I can give them the uh, informed shit talk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the opposite and I chose not to read them and could care less. Well, yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> well, aren't you just special? Yeah. Yes. Aren't you better than us? Sorry, see if no. you were in the middle of something. <laughs> not at all. I've, I've, I'm not in the middle of anything. I'm not. <laughs> <Ultimate> <laughs> comics, Spider-Man. The, the best thing about him is that, you know, he has a different origin than Peter. He has a different life than Peter in a lot of ways. But the reasoning for him doing what he does is still that classic Spider-Man reasoning, which is he feels an, un, an unwieldy amount of responsibility to do the things he's going to do. You know, and that's what always made... Spider-Man interesting to me and why I've he's also been my favorite hero since I was a kid and it's that sense of you know I don't know really what I'm doing but I have to do it and, and that's what I love about which the character. Peter had yeah exactly at, at and that's the beginning yeah exactly uh, yeah uh, and especially I'm a huge fan of the letter pages mm -hmm. and there was a very touching letter in this past issue um, and it was from Someone of, uh, I believe, Latin origin. Either way, um, it doesn't matter what he was. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the letter, he's like, you know, thank you for letting me believe that I could be Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. And well, I, I love it. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. Well, they used to understand why he had the full mask. And it was just so that well, you wouldn't know he was a kid. He could be anybody mm -hmm. behind there so that everyone could relate to Spider-Man. Right. Um, also something to note, Ultimate, this Ultimate Spider-Man was my first Spider-Man. Oh yeah, little, look at that! Little oh. fun fact. Look at and that. He he turned that Miles Morales char character turned me on to like he took over for Peter Parker after mm. he died. So yeah. then of course it was well, how did he die? Mm -hmm. And then I bought the Death of Spider Man, mm -hmm. Ultimate Spider Man, which was absolutely one of the best books I'd ever read. Yeah, I I loved 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 that. Mm -hmm. And then I jumped on the Ends of the Earth mm -hmm. um, arc and went into back issues of stuff and um, it really opened up the doors for me. So I love the character and I love the series. I think it's yeah. great. I hope people are paying attention to that because when we do our trivia questions later, uh, mm -hmm. they know what your first Spider-Man... No, I'm just making this up <laughs> as I go along now. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I love the Death of Spider-Man arc. I, I, you know, I, I, I had read it once, it was pretty much all out and I had heard some reactions before that were very mixed. But when I read it, I just it delivered on all those things that, that Peter was, you know, it was the payoff of who Peter was in, in every way. And it was a universal story in a lot of ways. And it, um, Rob, do you want to say, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not afraid to say that, that things make me cry. Yeah. I, I cried stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, that mm -hmm. book, the death of Spider-Man, uh, mm -hmm. made me cry. I cry right. at the end. Um, there's, there's probably been about three or four books that have ever made me do that. And mm -hmm. that, that is one of them. Yeah. There's a wonderful, that wonderful issue in, in that run where, 
uh, Jameson like calls him into his office and is basically like, I'm sorry. You know, he apologizes wow. to Peter for everything he's ever said about him, the way he's treated him. And it's just this amazing moment because it's in all the history of Spider-Man, it, you yeah. don't s- see that. And it's one of those rare things where it's something unique and new that you can, you know, that, that he can do. That's why I love the Ultimate Universe because mm-hmm. that stuff can happen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that's great. Um, so we're gonna end our book of the week with Steve, who's actually gonna it's gonna kind of lead right into our topic of the week. Steve, what's your book of the week? My book of the week. Um, I'm just gonna say a few things about it. My book of the week is Earth Two Number Two uh, by James Robinson with art from uh, Nicholas Scott. And as everybody knows, Earth 2 is part of the new, new DC 52. And, um... Yeah. It's, yeah? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I was just counting the news there for a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not going to get into it too much, because I'm sure that we're going to end up spinning off and talking about a lot of stuff. But I just wanted to bring uh, one thing to, to the attention... Well, two things, really, to the attention uh, from this book is you have the introduction of the Flash in this issue, or the mm-hmm. new Flash, uh, who is Jay Garrick, mm-hmm. is given his Flash powers from Mercury, who crashes uh, into into the planet and is he's dying. Mm-hmm. Um, some really, really, really fantastic uh, art and moments where Mercury is... He's cracking. Mm-hmm. He's, he's decomposing. I... From an art standpoint, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool. Um, but this is actually, I, there's so many firsts for me with with all of this comic stuff that this is, I think, the first time I've ever seen a hero be given his powers, like the passing of the torch kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the Spider-Man thing's a little a little like that, but it's kind of different. It's different. But um, I just thought that it was, a, I mean, I know, Bob, you had mentioned that you liked the dialogue from Mercury when he was talking to Diana. Diana about in, the in death of all one. the gods. Yeah. Right, and I loved that too, but I, it was that introduction of his character that turned me onto him. I love the way that he speaks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see more of him. I want right. to see his story. Well, too. like I've, I've mentioned in, in, about other comics, um, like Space, uh, Spaceman that mm-hmm. I mentioned, that I love it when a comic has its own language or that it has something outside of the box Kind of like how Rogue has her like southern drawl, mm-hmm. or how Mercury he talks like the the gods of old, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Um, so some really really cool, um, like just really good character moments for this. Really really got me excited. I mean I love Brian Bucciolato's, mm-hmm. you know the the Flash and and everything, but this was um, it was really cool to witness the the birth of of a new a new Flash on, mm-hmm. on Earth too. Um, and then, of course, the thing that was uh, on the edge of everyone's lips for this was the was Alan Scott. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alan Scott. Mm-hmm. Alan Scott, uh, Green Lantern, is coming out party issue. Yep. And uh, I like the way you put that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it is what it is. And it's hooray. Good. You know, mm-hmm. like they, everybody was making such a big stink out of it. You had, Rob, you had a little bit of information as to how this was planned or not even so how it was planned. I just think that, um, the media took a line that someone heard, uh, someone heard Dan Didio say something at a comic con Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks before this book had come out and they took that statement and ran with it. DC didn't throw out a press release about it, uh, until there was digging around done. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they weren't trying to glorify it, which, 
it shouldn't have to be glorified. Mm. It, it should just happen. It's just human. Yeah. Exactly. So, I think it's it's interesting though that if you look at these pages with these two characters, it completely not it doesn't take you out of the book, but it's very obvious that when you get to the Alan Scott and Samuel stuff, that like you're you're reading something else entirely that's going on within Earth 2 that it doesn't necessarily mm. feel like it's a part of the rest of the story just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of highlighted mm-hmm. in a way. Um, it's very magical. <laughs> and well, um, well, to me, if that were the old Earth 2 and it was Alan Scott and Harlequin out of nowhere embracing that way mm-hmm. for an entire page, I'd be put off a little too. It would take me out of the story. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a little bit much, and the only reason I say that is because I felt like it was all that was going on, like the talk of them being together, Mm -hmm. the talk of their relationship. And I mean, you go from being introduced to this idea of him now being a homosexual character and being reunited with his friend, and it turns out that they want to have a relationship, it gets put on the fast track Mm -hmm. within a span of two pages. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's very forced and very, like I said, very quick. So in that regard, I I felt kind of cheapened mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, I'm really happy to see that major companies are making the leap into um, you know different uh, sexual preferences for their characters. I think it's cool that they're going to be more heroes for people of different sexual orientation. I think that they deserve mm-hmm. their heroes. And um, I'm excited for what that can do for the culture. But I've said it before, I'll say it again, just make sure that you handle it the right way. And don't try to... Don't don't make it all about the relationship or the fact that he's now mm-hmm. a homosexual because that's what it felt like to me. Right, a little bit of subtle romance would have been fine. Yeah, yeah, and, well, and build it up naturally bit, as like, we're seeing. Like I said in my review, like if it was a little bit more casual. I would. Oh, that's the perfect word. Yeah. Well, it's not like it's not like when I'm with my girlfriend, I'm like, "You're my girlfriend," and I really <laughs> like you, like all the time, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. There, there was. It felt like to me this was the first time Alan Scott had been gay. Even though this yeah. character is supposedly in this world, supposed to have been gay the entire his entire yep. life, you know, whatever, it felt like this is the first time he's ever been like he got homosexual. Off the plane gay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it felt like to me. There was nothing natural feeling to me about it. It, it, it and it felt like he was writing it going. I'm going to show these people how gay these people are, you know, and that's that was the problem for me reading reading that section of the book. Yeah, it was kind of my problem, and this I didn't really like this book very much. Okay, and I'll, I'll tell you why. I I feel like the writing was, I don't know, it just didn't feel sharp to me. It felt very over explaining. It felt like you're going to be an important hero, like it all it felt, all that <laughs> stuff. It felt like to me, you know, and I don't like the Flash's helmet. I think it looks a bad <laughs> really stupid. So, that's a bad hat, Harry. It's some, <laughs> it's some sort <laughs> of I got it. mutated okay. <laughs> Ant-Man helmet to me. That's what it looks like to yeah, me. Yeah. No, it's David Wright's oversized batting helmet <laughs> after he got hit in the head. <laughs> it, it, you know, people will say, oh, but the Mercury helmet, it's kind of silly. Not as silly as this helmet to me. So You don't like the giant yellow Google uh, visor? No, no, and the weirdly placed lightning bolts? I don't understand what direction they're facing and why they're facing that way it's weird design which is funny because i think the art in general is beautiful in the book and i like the way the flash moves which is different than we've seen the other speed characters i also like that jay here 
is the Jay of 1940, in it, where he was a slacker. Mm-hmm. He was the turtle kind of college kid. Mm-hmm. So we're going for that. I mean, my Earth Two is not coming back. I've, I've, I'm, I'm up to that. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm enjoying this so far. I thought issue one was better than issue two. Just yeah. the consequences of that first battle yes. were pretty yeah. intense. You know, the, the sacrifices being made. I don't want to spoil anything because yeah. people have, are yet to pick it up. But mm-hmm. I think this is a much better issue two than a lot of issue twos I've read recently. Well, that's that my, seemed like that's, complete that's my holding thing patterns. about it is that it, it kept my it kept my interest because sometimes mm-hmm. something starts off really well and you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, and then they they give you another issue that kind of already is going into that like drag things out in between period, yeah. and they're going to wait till issues three or four to get to mm-hmm. the meat. Like, yeah, this issue to me was an issue that it kept me i want to read number three mm-hmm. yeah i have a couple of things um Go ahead, Ralph. unfortunately in today's day and age a lot of comics are written for the trade mm-hmm. um yes. they're writing six issue arcs and they they want people to come into the store that normally don't and just buy the trades mm-hmm. and that that's how they plan their issues out um, when I was younger, it was no way like that. You would go into a store, you could pick up any Spider-Man book. You know, it might be a two-parter, but you'd be able to find that other issue. Um, just to t- today's day and age, look at all of this new 52 stuff. All of the trades are just coming out for those first five or six issues. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's going to be like with this book. I think that if you read it in a complete context it, with like the first five or six issues, mm-hmm. Um, I think that everyone's mind will be changed from, you know, from just a issue right. to issue basis. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, on to the Alan Scott issue. Um, it, it didn't feel natural. I mm. agree with that. Um, unfortunately, I, I think that it was done with convenience uh, in the last DC Universe. Uh, his son, Obsidian, was gay. Yeah. Um, had you guys talked about this before? No, no, we haven't. Oh, okay. So his son, Obsidian, was gay. So making him a younger character now got rid of his son, his daughter. Mm -hmm. So Obsidian and Jade out of the picture. So they're losing a gay character. So they're replacing him with another gay character. Right. Um, I hope that's not the case, but it it kind of feels a little bit like that. I didn't think of it that way, but yeah, well, it's it's the tally, maybe. Uh, Correct, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I just don't want it to be that way. And... Um, no spoilers or anything like that, but just judging from the cover to the next issue, uh, things don't look too happy. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. But we we do end with what's sort of the, oh, it doesn't look happy. He looks very angry. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, he looks like he's in much pain. Yeah. 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 He's, he's flaming. <laughs> <laughs> Flame on. Oh, that's bad. That's very bad. Hey, the issue ends with him. what's the origin of Alan Scott's character in the first place back to 1940. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, I love a lot of those Golden Age stories. Uh, I love JSA stuff. Um, that's why I'm very excited about this series. I've, I've been a huge JSA fan. So it'll be exciting. Yeah. All right, so that's our talk for right now about Earth 2. We're going to get into it a little bit more when we come back after the break because we're going to be talking about the other books that accompany Earth 2 in the second round of the New 52 and what's to come in the third round of the New 52, including what's getting cut and all that other jazz. So let's take a little bit of a break, and we'll be right back to talk about that.
are back, and we're going to be talking about the new DC New 52. So <laughs> That's another new way of saying it. Throw another new. Yeah, name. new, new, and the new, new DC New 52. New, new. Yeah. Now new. Now new. Now new. Right. Are any of these spelled with a G? GNU. Just for fun? Yeah. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Sorry. Um, some of the be... K, though. Some of the K. Okay. Yeah. I like that better. Actually. Yeah. There you go. Oh. So, um, obviously, just... we talked about kind of... <laughs> no, I got Mork and Mindy now stuck in my head. Nanu, Nanu. Nanu. <laughs> A couple uh, months ago, we talked about the cuts, obviously, and uh, the books that got the Ixnay. And then uh, into their place came Earth 2... World's Finest, Dial H, yeah. GI Combat, and The Ravagers. Mm-hmm. So I have, not, I have not picked <laughs> wow. up a single GI Combat or The Ravagers. I haven't picked either one of those books up. Ravagers sucks. <laughs> right, which I, you have said. Wow. Um, can you confirm this, Rob? Have you read The Ravagers? Uh, uh, yes, I have. Um, I'll give it another couple of issues. Though. Okay. All I right. have no problem doing that. Not but I, I was not impressed by the first issue. Um, but... You know, I'm such a huge Teen Titans fan mm-hmm. that I hope it's good. Gotcha. Okay. All right. I thumbed through GI Combat. It's a war book. It's nothing special, nothing awful either, it looks like. Yeah, and again, along those lines, I'm just such a huge old school haunted tank, yeah. Sergeant Rock, you know, that that's what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, GI Combat, uh, Paul Motti and Gray work on the, the, that book as well? Yes, they do, right? So that's that's the only thing about that book that even interests me because I think All Star Western is is a pretty great uh, a pretty great book, but GI Combat th- that name just does not make me go. I need to put that onto my pull list. <laughs> so is it is it a book that people sh- have you read any issues of it? I'm sure you have. Yes, I yeah. Have. So wh- what did you think of it? I I liked it a lot. You did, okay. Yes, but but again, just going back to all of the old stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it is kind of a throwback. Um, I would say that people do need kind of some some knowledge of those characters before okay. they they jump into these books. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, speaking of that, I forgot one of the the new New Fifty Two books, which was Batman Incorporated, that came out as well. Um, Hell yeah! <laughs> and we we, we we've talked about we talked about that uh, I guess mm-hmm. last week or two weeks ago or what have you. Um, but Rob, why don't you fill people in on your thoughts of Batman Incorporated? Uh, I ag- agree with what you said. It, it's not. It shouldn't have been a number one. Right. Um, I understand their standpoint and number ones sell. So of course they're going to throw a number one on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is one hell of a series. If if you read that in its entirety, you will be amazed. Okay. Well, that, that's that's good to know. Yeah. That I, I mean, I do want to go back and read and and see what, what I was missing when I, when I read that book. And then we have Dial H, which I know Steve really loved issue one. Issue two is very good as well. Um, it's such a cool concept. I mean, you know, you're talking about a... They really ramp it up in the second issue where you get not only... I mean, we saw him... The, all right, the deal with Dial H is that he, he goes to this this phone, he dials hero, and he mm. becomes a superhero that is... Uh, appropriate for the situation at hand. In the second issue, though, he's kind of like experimenting with it, playing with it a little bit, dialing over and over again just to see what he mm-hmm. can come up with. And um, it's it, it never lasts very long. Mm-hmm. And the guy that is changing into these heroes is out of shape. Mm-hmm. He's a loser. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a good heart, 
but he he's completely irresponsible. So I'm waiting for the issue where he's, you know, just kicking ass and taking mm-hmm. names and then his power runs out and then he's just this fat schlub mm-hmm. in this situation where, you know, the villain's getting back up and is ready for round three and he smokes too much and he can't <laughs> run and, mm-hmm. you know, and he just... I think I, it's really cool. It adds a little bit of like a sci-fi horror feel to the DC 52. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's written very, very smartly. So I, I dig it. I, I really liked issue number two. Gotcha. Um, what did you think of it, Rob? I absolutely love Dial H. Always have. Um, there was a series of Dial H books that came out about six years ago, I believe. Um, great read. If you can go find the trade, I highly suggest you do. It'll give you great insight on how this all works. Um, but again, like Steve says, uh, great use of the actual phone, I guess you could say. Yes. <laughs> um, it, it was kind of cool just to see the little clips of him just dial, dial, dial. Who, who am I going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it's going to turn into that point where... You know, he's not going to have the phone around, and he can't just say yeah. Shazam. Right. It's, right uh, yeah. it's also really cool that the, um, like the the heroes that he becomes, it's not like they're familiar. Mm-hmm. They're completely different. Each one of them. Ha- I mean, one of them was like, uh, like like the I forget his name, but it was like like the virus king or something. He had like a, a biohazard symbol on his chest, and it was this horrible looking demon thing, mm-hmm. and it's like. You're pretty much pestilence walking around. Like, like, what your superpower is to like give everybody the Ebola virus <laughs> or something? Like, mm-hmm. that is a really harsh mm. power. The uh, the first issue just did not click with me at, at all. Really? Uh, yeah, it just didn't click with me. I I, I I felt like the the art, while impressive to look at, was very busy and and just too much for me. I guess like that for lack of a a better critical term than too much. Mm-hmm. And it just felt, I don't know, dark and weird for dark and weird sake to me. So in that aspect, it didn't really hit for me as far as energizing me about this new set of books. Uh, um, Bob, you kind of felt the same. I remember you yeah, saying, when I, we talked about I, it. not to go back to house of mystery and Robbie Reed and all the rest of it. I, I love the horror aspect of it, but it struck me as Here's it's a novelist writing this who is slumming. I'm writing comics so I can do a movie screenplay someday. I don't really like superheroes, so I'll make up really one of the stupid ones, Captain Lacrimose or whoever he was, <laughs> Bellicose or whatever it was, you know, just to show how much above this material I am. And hmm. I, I just got that vibe. I, I didn't even read issue two. I scanned through it. Maybe I should, and that'll reinform me about the first, but the first issue did nothing for me either. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that issue. And then we got, obviously, we have the two Earth 2 books, or the two books that shoot off from Earth 2, which is Earth 2, which we spoke about um, at length. And then there is World's Finest Ooh. Huntress and Power Girl. Bob, love what, you want to love me some in? World's Finest? I didn't finest get to here. read that one yet. Oh, okay. Uh, I got clued into. Uh, the Huntress miniseries by my LCS guy he said you, you probably should be reading this and why he said just trust me you know I've read ahead here and that turned into the lead in to this mm. which no one knew until you got issue six into the last page 
and you are you're tied in directly to the events of the big battle mm-hmm. in in Earth Two Number One, and two characters. Uh, spoiler alert. Well, well, I mean, it's not a spoiler. Spit, I mean, the, the well, they get issue one starts with with this, right? Okay. Yes. Um, you get two characters who it, it's Huntress and Power Girl get spit to our Earth. Yeah, from Earth two into our right. Earth, and they were someone. They were different people over there, mm-hmm. and here they are inhabiting a world they don't understand particularly. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to find their way, which might be the way back, but might be here. It's Paul Levitz who wrote for DC years and years ago, spent years as an editor and the publisher over there. He is a really good writer and great with these characters. These are two adult women uh, doing adult adult things, not whore things, not... I'm I'm sorry, there's no other way to say it. Not whore things. No, not the posed silliness yes. no, and no, all the rest of, of it. Right. It, it is a straightforward superhero book done in a very old way mm-hmm. that doesn't feel old-fashioned if you were reading it as, as a new reader. No, and that's what I want to say. And the book does have an old-fashioned feel to it in that the writing has sort of that His Girl Friday kind of snappy snap to it, yes. which I love. But, and we talked about this when we talked about Days of Future Past last week, which is... That old style is, you know, panels just full of description about yes. what everybody's thinking at every single moment. This book has that middle ground between the modern style, which is very interpretive, and the old style, which is very over-explanatory. Mm-hmm. And I think it works nearly perfectly mm-hmm. as far as those characters' interactions. I've spent now two issues with these characters, and I already have great affection for both of them. Great. And I think that's great. Um, you haven't read issue two yet, correct? I have Steve? not. What did you think of issue one, though? Loved it. Loved it. Yeah, loved Great. It. So we're wrote, so are three thumbs up. Rob, what about you? Well, <laughs> make it four. Make it, right. Yeah. No, I, I definitely enjoyed that book. Um, I adore Power Girl. I always have. Um, <clears throat> same with Huntress. So just to see them together and glad that they've done the world's finest title. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they kept it going like it should. It's, mm-hmm. it's a buddy-buddy book. Right. Yeah, it and, gets, it's, and it's Superman, Batman, kind of. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Because that's what I think of when I think world's finest. No matter what, I'm always going to think Superman, Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that they kind of went this way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's too many Superman Batman stories at this point. Yeah. So they they didn't need to throw another one into the pool, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Um but great job. Yeah. Uh, and the structure of it that you we we see a little bit of the origin but then jump backwards and forwards. Mm-hmm. Allows you to say, "Okay, I, we're not going to sit here for issue after issue of just exposition and nothing happening. Mm-hmm. There's stuff happening and the flashbacks that now tie into what's happening in the present day." It always seems to work. It always has something cogent to say about what's mm-hmm. happening now, wh- where Karen's at, what's what's mm-hmm. going on with her life or whatever. And these are very quickly human characters. Yeah, absolutely, yes. And just in case anyone else didn't know, uh, as Bob was saying, um, the Shade book also took place in a separate universe. Okay. So that kind of leads up to events that happened in Earth 2. Oh, interesting. Mm. I, did, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Didn't well, either. I'll have to go back and get that. Uh-huh. James Robinson. What so, I, I love uh, about them, too, is that it is a very buddy-buddy, and they have a great relationship, and they play off each other very, very well. Mm. And, yeah, it, it, 
it surprised me a lot how much I liked it. It was actually I wasn't looking forward to it as much as Earth Two, and now I read it before I read Earth Two. So I, mm. I think that's a pretty good recommendation um, for that book. Well, I'm gonna go home and read it. You should, you should sir. Yeah. You should. Right now. <laughs> and so that's it for the books that came in for the 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 new round. And now we have some books getting cut, which we've got. So we've got um, Captain, of, Captain Adam my gone. We've mm-hmm. got Voodoo gone. Ha. We've got Justice League International gone. Sing the song. Here it come. And we've got Resurrection Man. Resurrection Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All gone. gone. Yeah. Can I say something about Resurrection Man? Yeah, absolutely. Resurrection Man for a while was very cool. Mm-hmm. I, for me personally, I you know I don't know how anybody else was reading it. They liked it. It was neat. Yeah. It was neat. It was angels and demons. It was a guy that uh, was constantly gaining new superpowers every time he died he died all the time mm. and he would come back with a different skill set it was a very promising mm-hmm. scenario yeah but i sat down one night and i tried to catch myself up on the issues and after the first arc i just i read one and i was like all right i read another one and i'm Ooh. like man and then by the next one, I, was, I got like three or four pages in, and I looked at all the other books I had left to read, and I was like, yeah, I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't going anywhere. And then they were tying him in to, I think, Suicide Squad? Okay. They were, look, they were looking to, to get his blood or his DNA. Something was going on with him. And, I, and Suicide Squad was just a mess. Mm-hmm. They had two, two really engaging issues. The rest of it was shit. <laughs> and then I just, by that point, I just didn't care what happened yeah. to any of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm really not surprised that they're giving it uh, the boot. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool idea. Maybe he's better served being in somebody else's book. That's what I think. Being a part of a team, being Justice League Dark or, or something of that nature. Because the idea of that character is intriguing to me. Well, what if you did this? What if, like, you know, we're obviously these characters are not going to disappear from the universe. Mm. So what happens if you want him to have a guest spot in a book or maybe even in an arc that you can dedicate, like, two pages to him that you could show him off on another adventure? Yeah. He dies, and the power that he has within that arc, you see how he came back with that power, mm. and then keep him around for a couple of issues. Yeah, these guys on. are freaking out in front we're, of us. We're ready. Here. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, th- that book's out there already. Uh, the DC Universe presents. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that's going to take all these characters. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well then, right. well, uh, or, well, don't, you, no, don't feel bad about no, it. Yeah. It's, three or four issue <laughs> arcs. They just did challenges or whatever. What I was going to say is, what if they do a split book? The old-fashioned oh. half of each, you could do half a Metamorpho and half Resurrection Man or half <laughs> Frankenstein, Agent of Shade. And other half keep, Hawk and Dove. Yeah. yeah. I would love it. Mm. Stretches them out further in terms of product you need to acquire, but also might give people a chance to sample it. I get two characters for my mm-hmm. $3. Right. Yeah. And you can always rotate them around. I think Resurrection Man and Dead Man as a team would be pretty interesting. <laughs> I like that. Dead <laughs> yeah. Man goes into his body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they have a very interesting like complementary powers between the two of them. Um, well, speaking of, these are books that got canceled and I, Captain Adam wasn't a book I was reading. Um, no. When we first started out, it was, a book, was, it was a book that uh, Brad, who was reading it, was doing the site at the time, did not like 
and Voodoo was a book that you were doing, right? That yep. you did not like. No. And uh, uh, JLI, which is the more surprising one to me just because it's a Justice League book that features Batman that is now being canceled. Rob, you have a, a smile on your face. Uh, yeah, about a month ago, there was a piece of artwork released. And actually, that piece of artwork was in the uh, free comic book day issue of, uh, of DC's offerings. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of uh, portrayed a different Justice League. Okay. Um, and I'm sure that's going to lead into what you're talking about mm-hmm. with, with a lot of these newer issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think they're going for a newer Justice League title with bigger names yeah. so they can get the sales of another Justice League title. Yeah, that, that would make sense. Absolutely. Mm. And there were a couple of books um, that were also seemingly on the chopping block before, which were books like Grifter and um, Deathstroke uh, and stuff like that. And the, the, the common element here is that they put Liefeld on those books um, like maybe a couple months ago. And I don't know how that's affected the sales, positively or negatively. I'm sure it's not negatively, but I'm sure that's why those books were not canceled because they're not going to put him on those books and then take them out. Um, also, Savage Hawkman, he also took over that as well, which I can't imagine it's worse than the Tony Daniel Savage Hawkman. So, um, but interesting enough, I just want to bring something up real quick before we get into the next stage is that um, whatever you think about Lifeboat as a comic book creator, he's a very good person to follow on Twitter. He has a lot of big opinions and he gives some insider information a lot of the times. Not insider, but interesting information. And he talked today about um, Batwing and how the Night of the Owls crossover increased the sales of Batwing by 20,000 books. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and he's, this, he's not patting us on the back. He's patting Scott Snyder on the back saying, this is how great Scott Snyder is that his halo is affecting books that were selling horribly. Was, yeah, what what, what were the sales before? 50,000, 40,000? Less than, add, I think. I think like 10,000. Wow. Yeah. Double the sales? Yeah. Pretty amazing. Yeah, almost triple the sales, I yeah. would say. Um, on a good book, you're lucky if you get maybe a hundred to 150,000. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's a company's top seller. Wow. Yeah. yeah used that, that used to be the cancellation number. Exactly. Yeah. Back when they sold millions off the newsstands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think Batman was the best selling DC book this, this past month with like 130,000 or something like that. It deserves to be. Yeah, it deserves to be. Yeah. It absolutely does. So that's the books that got cut. Now, the books that are coming in, it's interesting because when you look at the titles, none of the titles make you go, I need to buy that book right now, you know, just without <laughs> looking into them. So we've got um, Team Seven, which is a Wildstorm book, right, Rob? Uh, yeah, yeah, that takes yeah. a bunch of the old Wildstorm characters, and mm-hmm. they're going to integrate them. So there's that. We'll, we'll get, there's we'll, that. Well, no why don't we get into what that means? Tell not, people about their uh, audience. Uh, well, not necessarily all Wildstorm characters, mm-hmm. because you do have, uh, you have, what's his name? Steve Trevor from, yeah, yeah, from the Justice, Justice League. League so yeah. he's going to be in it. You have, um, who is in Suicide Squad? Uh, the The lady who... Kind of runs the team in the background. Oh lord! Why, why, why is it slipping my mind? That Wasn't so it Mockingbird? If we go back to the old days, I don't know who no. it is now. It's yeah. some lady. She's in Team some Seven. Lady. <laughs> it's all right. We don't have to be specific. But um, what is the premise of Team Seven? Do we even know at this point? It's basically the all the behind the scene people who mm-hmm. who lead these teams. Okay. And and it's what they do. Oh, okay. Interesting. All right. So there's that. Um, we have uh, Sword of Sorcery. Oh, yeah. The world was clamoring for Amethyst. 
I cannot go a day without looking at the cover of the first issue of Amethyst, uh, old school Amethyst, this blaring pink cover, <laughs> and it just reminds me of Shira every time I see it. Amethyst is also the most useless gem in Diablo 3. Oh, exactly. There really? you go. Yep. So t- tying, oh it, tying it all together. So it might be. <laughs> Yeah, nice. um, so not excited about Sword of Sorcery? Uh, well, no, I'm not going to say that because okay. that gives a chance for them to throw in all of their um, mystical kind of characters. Mm-hmm. Arian and Camelot and all the rest of it. And maybe that brings young girls into the store. Yay. <laughs> I don't think so, but maybe it will. <laughs> yeah, prob- exactly. Probably not. Um, the Phantom <laughs> Stranger by, and Dan Didio. Dan Didio is writing that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for that, just for the fact that um, leading up to Justice League Trinity War, um, you kind of have Pandora, you have The Question, and you mm-hmm. have Phantom Stranger, who all play such a, a mystical role, you have no clue what's going on yet. Right. So th- this is going to give you some clues. Yeah, it, it, that one excites me because, you know, since the events of Flashpoint, we've been kind of waiting to see what all of this means, you know, who the Pandora character is and what she's about. And we got, that, we got that tease at the end of the first Justice League arc, which is nothing but a tease, you know, and, I, and I'm interested to see if th- this is going to bring more of that, more of that into the fold. Now that we're, we're going to be a year out from the, the relaunch, maybe they start finally, you know, explaining in their way what happened. But have you guys encountered the Phantom Stranger before? Do you know who... I mean, I've kind I of him maybe once or twice, but I'm not really very familiar. I sort of, well, would you say he's the mystical watcher? Yes, kind of exactly. Thing where he shows up at, at big events and okay. makes pronouncements and, oh, the Phantom Stranger's here. This, mm-hmm. this can't be good. Mm-hmm. It'll be okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah, if he and pops up. And then walks up, away, yeah, it's not good. If he pops up, then something is wrong with the uh, magic universe kind of thing. Right. And in that, that one, that backup in that one Justice League um, issue, we have Pandora, you know, being chased by the Phantom Stranger, who's, you know, is just, what are you doing? You can't do this. You can't, you're not supposed to interfere with, with this world, and that's the setup they give you in, in oh, okay. that issue. So, I'm if this new book starts to kind of explain those things, I'll be I'll be very interested to to take a look at it. Um, it's mystical, Steve. So, do you have any interest in that? That's one? the one the one book that you mentioned that actually does pique my interest, and, and the other one too. The and other. the and the last one is Talon, which is written by Scott Snyder and uh, James Tinian, uh, the fourth, who is doing. Uh, the the backups with Snyder in the Court of the Owls. Is Snyder writing it? He's not writing it? So, no. no. Oh, his no, name was on the thing when I looked at it. He's helping producing. plot. Oh, he's plotting yes. it. Okay. Correct. So his name was on like the... the, the that was the, a mistake. Okay. All right. So he's plotting it. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, I don't know how much Tinian does on those backups for the Night of the Owl stuff, the, the fall of the House of Wayne, but that stuff has been great. And if it's yeah. going to be a similar situation as far as writing goes, then that's a book I'll definitely check out. I mean, the fact it's ties to the Snyder Batman universe make it automatically the most exciting book on this list to me. Yeah. It's about the one talent that escapes the Court of Owls. Nice. Oh. Which, speaking of which, today is the day. Yes, it is. You yeah. got to find out what's up. Yeah, we do. Today is the day. Batman number 10, yes. correct? Yes. Couldn't be more excited. I mean, that's... That's really the book I look forward to the most every month is, is Scott Snyder's Batman. That's the first read for, for, for today. Absolutely. It's the, it's the first read. Uh, see, I always do my pile the other way. The top of my pile for months has been some AVX dross. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I gotta read this. Let me get mm-hmm. through this and move on to better stuff at the bottom of the pile. I want to savor the goodness. Well, so we've I- been speculating for months. No, not a months, but like mm-hmm. for a while now. Like who's be who's the mastermind? We've tossed yeah. around ideas, and now we're finally gonna get a payoff of some kind. I mean, I'm sure it's not the end all be all of no. it. Um, probably just the beginning. Yes. But it'll be cool to be able to put a face to mm-hmm. the society. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one of the things about the Court of the Owls that I've loved this Night of the Owls event is that it's got me uh, reading Nightwing. You know, And I, I really like the, the Nightwing book a lot. And it's, it's really the most tied into that story next to Batman's you know, main story. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to continue reading Nightwing after the event's over. So that's one of the things I'm taking most away, other than the fact that it's a genius event. But we've said that a million times, yeah. so it's not much to say. I, um, I started reading Nightwing because of the, mm-hmm. the, Court, of, the Court of the Owls, Night of the Owls, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, no, the, the two issues that tied into it were a little, really good. Yeah. So I am definitely on board for, uh, for the rest of his run, if it continues to be as engaging as the others. Yeah, are you uh, excited about Talon there, Rob? Um, I'm very excited. Um, and again, back to the the mistake they made with the writing credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, just big props to Scott Snyder. He jumped right on Twitter after the mistake was okay. made. And he said, look, it's, it's not me. Mm-hmm. It's him. And it's all him. I, I threw some ideas at him. But... You know, he's he's, yeah. he's absolutely running with it. So I, I totally respect when someone does that. Yeah, that, that's that, that's pretty great. I mean, of these books that I read out, I mean, what are we most excited about? I mean, Bob, what do you think? You're the least excited about any of them. So. I'm, I'll try. Fant- <laughs> I'll try Phantom Stranger. Okay. You'll try Phantom Stranger. More than anything else. I was hoping for Sugar and Spike. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't bring that one back. Steve, what about you? Uh, Talon and Phantom Stranger would be on my top of my list. Rob, same uh, for you? Same. Yes, same for me as well. I mean, I'll give each of them a chance, most likely. I'll read yeah. number one and see if any of them really strike my fancy. But it's weird. Both of these like relaunches or these additions to New 52 have either been already written books, already ongoing series like Batman Incorporated, or things that just don't seem particularly exciting They're on their surface. They're underwhelming. You know? I think they're looking for the next new, new, new 52, that somewhere down the road there will be possibly a Justice Society book, or they'll bring mm. back some of these other characters. There's an Adam we haven't seen mm-hmm. at all, forgetting the Earth 2 one, there's still, where's Ray Palmer? Right. Yeah. Or some version of some of those characters. So I think they're, they're going to start to integrate more superheroes, mm-hmm. but they have to now play through this Justice League Five years previous. Well, that's now done now. They were, they're already they're already at, at back to modern times, um, but they're going back again though. Yeah, with all the zero issues. With the zero issues starting yeah. up. Yeah, they're gonna yeah. tell the origins of all these people. Which I thought we did that with the number ones. I, that, that's it's a little bit weird, and that's the next step in this whole thing we're talking about tonight. Which is they're doing the zero issues, which they're putting zero issues on every single issue of the new fifty two, um, which is claiming to tell like. You know, the secrets of the new 52 or what have of you. The, of the kick-ass Green Lantern? Of the kick-ass Green Lantern. And there's <laughs> they put out the covers. All the covers yeah. are out now, I think, pretty much. And, yeah, the Green Lantern cover, he, he, has, he has, like, a kick-ass mask on and a gun. You, what does it even mean? I don't, like, that's the thing. It's very confusing. I mean... Rob, what do you? What is your sense of lo- looking at these covers, and especially the Green Lantern cover? Um... <sighs> 
It's kind of hard to say. Yeah. Uh, they've done th- this kind of stunt plenty of times before. Mm-hmm. They've had the negative one issues. Mm-hmm. They've had the one, one million, million issues. issues. <laughs> uh, so, hey, we have zero issues mm-hmm. now. Uh, it's going to tell in between those five years uh, what goes on with all of these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be throwing in that new Green Lantern um, of Muslim faith, mm-hmm. uh, nice long tattoo on his arm. Uh, like Bob said, he looks like kick-ass, mm-hmm. ambush bug, all thrown in a blender and give him a gun. Mm-hmm. And uh, a real gun, by the way, not, right, not yeah. a ring construct. No. Um, so it's kind of hard. To me, it just seems like another renumbering stunt. Mm-hmm. And I know yeah. people are saying, no, it's not, but it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's live another, with it. Yeah. It's another get people into stores. Look, issue zero. Yeah. Well, also, what the Earth needs is another Green Lantern. Exactly. <laughs> because for some reason, they need five Green Lanterns. No other planet has more than one. We have five. We have a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, apparently we have a lot of stuff going on. But we haven't introduced John Stewart in this new. Yes, we have. There's a whole book the with him. Green Lantern Corps. Oh, it's him see, and Guy Gardner. Oh, okay. Him and the. Kyle. Him and Kyle is in the Green Lantern New Guardians, so they're all there. Oh, yeah. Jeff Johns not letting any of his Green Lanterns go away. He no. will not let it happen. <laughs> no, not after the whole thing. Yeah, no. he's, he's like, I spent too much time. I spent yeah. too much time doing this. You're not getting rid of any of these guys. They're all in here. Um, and we actually have a question um, that we're gonna get to in a little bit about the covers. We'll get that in a little oh, bit. Good. But it feels to me like I'm I'm not at the point jaded about these things. You know, so I'm the books that I'm buying. I will buy the zero, zero issues of. I will read them, and hopefully they're good stories. That that's all. I'm, that's all I'm looking forward to. That's the proper attitude to have. At this point, I'm yep. not gonna be. I'm not gonna buy Deathstroke number zero because why would I do that? You know, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, there there might be a couple book. There might be a couple books, honestly, that like Batgirl, which I've kind of been sporadically reading. That I'll maybe I'll pick up issue zero because I've, every issue I've read of Batgirl, I've liked. I just I can't, I don't have the budget or the time to put it into my normal monthly mm-hmm. schedule. Maybe I read this, I love it, and I'm like, okay, now I need to go back, I need to get the rest of the Batgirls I don't have, and I need to read it and, and be caught up on it. Stuff like that, so I don't have a problem with that, but it's not going to get me to read books that I don't want to read. That's just, that's just the, the, and it really disappoints me, because we're finally out of this hole that Justice League has been in, this Five, the, the five years before storyline was just not very good. It was not interesting or compelling. Finally, this past issue, uh, I guess number nine it was, they finally started an arc that I'm really excited to read. A cool new villain that is has a dynamic uh, arc that really is the kind of villain I like to read. You know, Batman finally feels like Batman. These heroes finally feel like they're supposed to feel. And... In and two if, months, they'll shut it down. Too much, we go... And again, they said the next month they're going back to the regular continuity. It's just, I don't want that break. I want you to keep your momentum, you know? Un- unfortunately, the, that break can be damaging. There, yeah. there might be people who say, okay, you know, now I realize mm-hmm. I, I have this time to think in between books. Mm-hmm. Do I still need to read this? Yeah. And a lot of people will say no. A lot of mm. people will say yes. Mm-hmm. It'll bring new people in the store, which I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not angry that they're doing it, but don't say it's not another stunt mm-hmm. because it is. Mm-hmm. Steve, well, um, I just I have a question yeah. for for all the the 
listeners that don't know what the story is with uh, Zero Issues and me, who mm-hmm. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, by going back to Zero and doing, I guess, like precursor mm-hmm. events, isn't that just like saying, like, okay, you read number one, this is what happened right before number one, yeah, and that's it. Yeah, basically. But, yes. Yeah, but the the way that you guys are talking about it, it sounds like it's going to to reset things or it's going to change things again. No, no, it's not that. It's just that you know, Justice League. I'll, I'll just like as an example because I've been using it. It spent you know its first eight issues, seven issues, whatever it was, six issues dealing with this five years ago stuff that didn't. It, it just felt like you know five issues of treading water and setup. Yeah, I read it for a little bit. Right, and I lost interest. Issue nine finally feels. Like a Justice League story, a story I want to read. Now, even though it's only going to be a month, it's a month where I now have to go back to go back even before the stuff that I was seeing. Right, but the following month, issue 10, I guess, they're going to continue with the one that you liked, right? Right, right. yes. But I'm just saying it's, it's interruption of the flow of the story Okay, is all I'm all saying. Right. Yeah. And if you're on the, the, the fence on, on a book... Mm-hmm. That break, just as Rob says, is that moment to say, you know, I really didn't like that this much anyway. Mm-hmm. So now I have to collect something extra that I'm not going to read either. I'll move on. Mm-hmm. The, the zero issue could add depth to the story you were telling before. It could be an interesting sidebar, the way mm-hmm. Hickman's point one FF issue yeah. was. Tell an interesting, different story. Or it can just be a money grab. Yeah. It's going to depend on the writer. And exactly. And that's what I don't want. I don't want to read a bunch of books that just tell me things I already know. You know? It'll be interesting to see. Batgirl Zero is going to tell you what happened before that first issue of Batgirl. So are we going to see yeah. her paralyzed again? Like what? It, what is going to be the deal? You know, give you um, some Oracle. Maybe stuff or right. Yeah, absolutely. That will be interesting to see. You know, so that's exciting to me. But if it's just going to be another adventure of this hero where he beats the bad guy or whatever, I don't care. Like why? I don't need to see that. They, you're, you're. You're you know advertising them as something that means something. They better mean something. Or that assumed jumping on point becomes a jumping off point. Mm. <laughs> Which we, you know, it's deep. It's, mm-hmm. Well, look, we. I, I don't know if you ever saw these, Rob. But you know, as as an industry person, there are some DC numbers that got leaked you know, as to how many new readers they were getting and not. And it's it's intriguing. They did get a lot of lapsed readers mm-hmm. back. But if you start loading these new events onto them, the very thing that got them to lapse in the first place, mm-hmm. they're going to revisit? Mm-hmm. I agree. Could be a problem. Yeah, no, I do agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, whether this round of, of Zero Books will get new people into the store, you know, it's, it's something to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I do embrace it all, though. You know, I love getting new people, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if they, if they come in, then I'll roll with it. Yeah, and uh, puts food on my table. This isn't really a, you know a a new New Fifty Two thing, but Superman is changing writers again. Uh, Lubdell Scott Lubdell is taking over Superman. He writes Superboy and Teen Titans, and uh, you know I haven't. I was reading Superboy and Teen Titans back when like the first three issues, the New Fifty Two, and I, I dropped off both of those books. Um, Scott, uh, you said you're a big fan. Of Teen Titans, I don't know if you, I don't mean you don't honestly mean this run of Teen Titans, but obviously you've probably been reading this run of Teen Titans if you're such a big yeah. fan of, of that book. What do you think about Lobdell taking over Superman? I I do like it when one writer has his own corner of the universe. Mm-hmm. So if if someone has 
all of these, you know, you have Superboy and Superboy is in this other book. And yeah, throw Superman in there, mm. and st- you know you'll start to have your Superman family. Yeah. Right, yeah. nice consistent to- voice too. E- yeah, exactly. Okay, I mean it's interesting to hear. I I just I know Lobdell. He gets a lot of a lot of crap from a lot of people. So I was just wondering what you thought about his taking it with Superman. It certainly can't be worse. So exactly. I mean, <laughs> it's it's the third writer in less than a year. Yeah. Wow, is, yeah. it, is it really? Yeah, really? yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not very good. It's not very it's good. Superman mm-hmm. for God's sakes. Well, I, I, I don't think they even think of that as their flagship Superman book. That's why. I think action, action. Is, the, is their flagship Superman book. Mm-hmm. So it feels like they're just like, okay, we'll just keep trying to put people on until somebody sticks. That's what it feels like to me in a lot of ways. Um, so that's it for our discussion about the new New 52. Uh, before we got here, though, we're going to take some listener uh, feedback and questions that we got. Uh, huzzah. Uh, on I didn't Twitter. study. <laughs> I didn't get to have a, like a recap or yeah, this like is a regents be all, exam all or off something. The cuff. Yeah, it's yeah. all off the cuff. But none of these okay. questions are very are, are things you really have to do any research for. Um, I am Giant Woman on Twitter. I love that. Wants to know um, so how long would you keep buying and reading a comic series after you started questioning if you like it or not? So I think we're oh. all gonna we're all gonna differ on this. I think Steve, why don't you start? Yeah. Um. I do that a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my problem, my main problem is that I keep buying things that I haven't read yet. Um, we were just talking about Justice League. That is the prime example. I read the first four or five issues. Mm-hmm. I have the rest. Mm-hmm. Or even Demon Knights. Uh, I read the first issue of Demon Knights, thought it was really cool. Mm-hmm. I have them all. Mm-hmm. Haven't read them. Uh, but how long does it take me after I've uh, become a little disinterested? I usually give it Maybe one more issue. Um, honestly, I buy the most books out of any anyone doing the show that I just I I've come to the, the stunning conclusion that I can't keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's new stuff every month, every week. There's a new number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really overwhelming, and I've learned to cut my losses. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same mm-hmm. token, I absolutely positively hate waiting for trades mm-hmm. they take too long to come out um if if you're only going to put five six issues in a book the following month your trade should come out people should be able mm-hmm. to buy it buy the latest issue and jump right on mm-hmm. you're coming out with the stuff four five months after the fact and mm-hmm. then they have to go to the store and find the last four issues mm-hmm. that started the new arc and then there's only two issues left of mm-hmm. that arc before the next trade before yeah. the next yeah. trade it's ridiculous mm-hmm. um so how many issues one maybe two if i really like the characters but mm-hmm. if it's a new property that i'm not too familiar with and it's not going well um i'm no longer afraid to drop stuff okay Bob, what about you? I'll go two or three beyond expiration date, generally to the end of a story arc, mm. just to see uh, I'll, I'll, maybe he can redeem it with the finish. Mm. Though that said, I just dropped Captain America and Hawkeye in the middle because that was just god-awful. Dinosaurs! <laughs> yeah, Dinosaurs with shields and masks and uh, just crap. Sometimes it's just so transcendentally awful. Mm. Done. Well, I'm, like I'm out of here. When we first started this and we had our cuts, mm. Deathstroke... Gone. Yeah. Firestorm. Gone. Mm. Voodoo. Gone. Mm. Just three issues of of boredom. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. I, I just I, I couldn't I just couldn't do it anymore. So I I, I cut it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Rob, what about you? Um, 
I have a problem, and <laughs> I, I can't stop. My name is Bill W., <laughs> and I have a problem. And I have no problem admitting it. I mean, th- there are probably books I've been buying for years that I haven't read, but I know at some point I will go back and read them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that I, I need to. I need to be on up on what's out there. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's right. You have a different perspective than the rest of us on exactly. this. Exactly. So... I mean, every every book that uh, has a press release put out on it, I, I have to read it. Mm-hmm. I have people call me up. I have people asking. So I need to be on top of all that stuff. But again, with, like, let's say, uh, creator-owned projects, mm-hmm. um, let's say with Image, you have Mind the Gap that just came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim McCann, absolutely amazing book. Uh, if, if you guys yes. haven't, if you guys have not I read it, that's amazing. Yeah, if you guys have not read that, uh, definitely jump jump into it. Look into it. First issue is out. Um, second coming soon. Uh, with those kind of books, I say give it give it the whole run. Mm-hmm. Um, that creator has the whole vision in their mind. They know where they're starting. They know mm-hmm. where they're ending, and it's going to be a, a hell of a ride. Um, you'll know by the first issue if it is complete crap or not. Mm-hmm. But when you have all these mainstream uh, comic writers that are going and doing their own stuff, you have Hickman doing Secret, uh, you know, McCann doing uh, Mind the Gap, you have Morning Glories. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you, you know you can kind of trust trust what they're doing there. Mm. <laughs> I like that yeah. wink you just gave me. Um <laughs> For me, honestly, when when I really don't like a book, it's easy for me to drop it. Like if I if I don't like a book, I will drop it easy. It's more that middle ground where it's something that it's just okay to me that it's tougher for me to drop with potential. With somehow, potential. Yeah. But what I said to Bob off mic before we were kind of talking was the way I realize if I don't want a book or not is that if I go a couple issues, let's say I miss an issue and I don't really care, I go. Oh right, I, I forgot to pick up this book. This this I forgot to put this book on my pull list, and I'm like, I need to go to the shop right now and get it so I can read it. Then I'm like, maybe I don't need Oof. to be reading this book because if it's not in my mind like that, then why am I spending my money on it every week? It's a little different for us, obviously, also because we read a little bit more because we do this. So we want to be able to up on stuff. We want to be able to talk about stuff. I'm reading much more AVX stuff than I would be if I was just a normal you know, consumer, uh, I would have given up some of these books already. Like I probably wouldn't be buying Avengers and new Avengers right now yeah. if I wasn't, you know, going through this situation. So, but that works both ways because I wouldn't be reading secret Avengers without AVX and I'm liking secret Avengers right yes. now. So it, it's, it's a double edged sword. Some books, like I really like the first three issues of Aquaman, the DC Aquaman. Yep. I started to kind of grow tired of, I feel like he was reinforcing this, Aquaman's cool. You don't think he's cool, but he's cool. So we're gonna make fun of him in the universe. And I liked that, but I feel like it was, it, but it, it weighed on me a little bit. I understand. I stopped reading it. I understand that it's been very good. But that book with it, I missed a couple issues, and I was just okay with it. Mm-hmm. So th- those books are easy for me to give up. Now, now the mm-hmm. one thing you guys don't have that Rob and I do is the whole idea of gigantically long runs of things, mm-hmm. where you've been buying something for years and years and years, mm-hmm. and there's a bum run. There's a mm-hmm. bad, it's a bad story arc. It's a bad writer. It's someone who doesn't get it, and mm-hmm. you're kind of trapped. And there's sometimes you know, my sort of rule of two or three issues. No, I've bought years of things sometimes that are terrible. Mm-hmm. 
I, I but, totally... But, you know, where you can't do anything else. We, we were talking outside. There's a whole middle run of Fantastic Four in, in the 80s, 90s, where they imaged up mm-hmm. the characters. The, those old Heroes Reborn thing, we have, you know, Sue Storm walking around basically in the all-together. She which, looks like Vamp- Vampirella with, yeah. with a blue uniform. Right, oh, with wow. a big cut-out four over her chest. Correct. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's just, and the stories are awful, and the art's okay, but it doesn't matter much. And you go through these periods of, okay, I'm not giving up 20 years of collecting over some bum issues. Mm-hmm. And then you hope it turns back around again. It's all you can hope for. But that's different because that is like you're playing poker. When you're pot committed, if somebody yes. raises, yeah. you're yeah. not going to get, just leave. You're going to go in because I've already put all this in. What I'm talking about is a little less. I'm talking about when you're kind of in maybe – even if you've had 20 issues of a book and you get to a, a bad six issues, walk, walk away you clean. walk away from that book, yeah. you know, because it's not worth it. And then you can pick it back up. If it gets good again, pick it back up. Yeah. You know, back issues are available. Trades are available. You can, but again, get it's the what story. we're talking about before though, where it's this compulsion that people like us have in a lot of ways. <laughs> you need to have, you know, I can't have 20 and then 27. I got to have 21 through 26, you know, I, I I have broken my compulsion for yeah. things like that. I will now buy. I like this issue, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if I need to go back one mm-hmm. to pick up a thread, mm-hmm. though it's going to be tough with X books or whatever. Right. I've, 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 I've given that up. Um, I think it'd be an interesting question to ask the listeners mm-hmm. more so than for us. Yeah. Because I mean, we have to keep up on stuff mm-hmm. to a point. Yeah. Like, yeah. Throw it back know, to them. Like, like my my. Reiterating what I was saying before, like my cutoff has become a cutoff. I mean, I was buying, I was buying every waking thing when mm. we first started this, but now I have to be a little bit more cutthroat about it mm. because there's just there's so much. Yeah. Today, uh, the massive number one uh, mm. comes out. I don't even know what it is, mm-hmm. but I know I know that it's it's good writer. The cover for it's beautiful. Know nothing about it. Totally buying it. Mm-hmm. And because of that, that's another three or four dollars right. that I either have to be prepared to spend an extra three or four dollars to check out something new or something that's only got half my interest at this point needs to, needs to get cut. Needs to go. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. And my thing with creator owned books, to your point before, was I'll, I'll read a number one. If it doesn't grab me, I, I, can't, I can't bring myself to keep buying issues. You know, I had this problem with actually. Two of the Nathan Ebenson books that are out, which are Dancer and The Activity, both of those first issues just did not grab me. You know, they they had a couple interesting moments, but they felt generic to me. And I, I just don't have time for generic, you know, and that's the thing about that. But so that's for me, it's really one or two issues after that. It's, you know, I'm out. Um, so, so, uh, Crouching, uh, Crouching Goddard once, you know, um, <laughs> Comic book adaptations of movies based on comic books. A simple question. Why? <laughs> Please tell me. <laughs> no, no, that doesn't make sense. Uh, so comic book adaptions. Wait, well, it's actually like, like, the, like the Avengers comic yeah. book that's based, that has Chris Evans on the front of it. Okay. I, I was kind of talking about this, uh, yeah. the last Hall of Comics. Um, the the only ones I wind up buying are anything that does have uh, Spidey on the cover. Okay. Which last week one of them did happen to come out. Right. Um, <laughs> they suck. <laughs> right. Absolutely suck. <laughs> it's terrible. I mean, you might be able to throw my kids, which mm. 
you know, Steve was saying, oh. the, the Avengers adaptions that are mm-hmm. coming out. Yeah. Um, Black Widow one specifically. <clears throat> correct, yeah. It, it gets some people excited and, and you know, to each their own. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to ruin someone's day. <laughs> How about their free books they give away in the theater? A, a, a rack on the counter at the, at the the multi megaplex whatever, and here's the here's the comic book of the movie you just mm-hmm. saw, and they print these books every month. <laughs> you could make a lovely marketing tool out of it. I don't want to spend four dollars. No, or, or uh, give them out the, at give them out at Burger King or McDonald's right. or yeah. something like get that. With get a happy meal exactly because they send us honestly when they do give free stuff like that out. Um, you know, there's a Spider-Man one out there now. There's an Ultimate Spider-Man one that coincided with the cartoon. Um, they send us bundles upon bundles of those things. Uh, you know, some of them we give out. Actually, no, we give them all out, obviously. Mm. But uh, we kind of stock up for, for the Halloween time, yeah. too, mm-hmm. and give them out then. But, uh, yeah, why, why not send them to those places? Mm. Because they obviously are getting people in the doors. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the same thing as the movie adaptation books. You know, it's like, they're not for us. I'm never going to buy the movie adaptation, the book adaptation of The Amazing Spider-Man. It's just not going to happen. But the thing is, if it's only given out now in comic stores, since that's where you get these books, Mm -hmm. it's too inbred. Well, they're probably in Barnes and Noble and stuff. I mean, Barnes and Noble has a little bit of a comic book Uh, section. You know, when I saw... I'm sorry. When I saw... The Batman movie, the Adam West movie in the summer of 66, in a theater, they gave you a detective comics. Now, it didn't matter to me because I knew who Batman was and I was Mm. buying books anyway. But for all the other kids in the audience who only knew there was a television show, well, it's a book. Mm Mm-hmm. Go to the stationery store and buy this book. Right. Was it next a, month? Was then. it a reprint of Detective Twenty yeah. Seven? No, it was a reprint of uh, the first issue. I think he had the oval on his chest. Oh, okay. You know, the first mm. Carmine Infantino one. Mm. But it was still a, a Batman imprint book. Mm. It wasn't the adaptation of the movie. But again, that could serve a purpose, just not the way they're doing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that they need to expand their their store base. Like, if you think oh, of it, something agreed. as silly as Old Navy. You go into Old Navy for nine ninety nine. They have shirts. They have Avengers shirts. They have mm-hmm. Captain America's shield. They have mm-hmm. Thor's hammer yeah. on a shirt. And there's it's not just like one or two. It's like twelve to sixteen oh, yeah, Avengers shirts. And, and Coles has them. Target yeah. has them. Yeah. And they have at the front counter. They have you have your candy. You have your soda. Your water. And then all the little. I bought a piggy bag, uh, piggy bank for like twenty seven <laughs> cents. And they have all this crap. At the front of the counter, mm-hmm. stick a couple of the Avengers or yeah, Avengers-related yeah. books up in the front and sell some comics. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's an idea. And yeah. they don't take advantage of it. It's silly. Yeah, I, I mean, I, comp- I completely agree with you. That, that there's not, like, comic books in Target doesn't really well, make any sense well, to me. Even, I, even I've the, had this rant before. Yeah, why have, yeah. why is it that Disney, which owns Marvel, Warner's owns DC... And why they put all their movies in supermarkets? Yeah, why aren't right. their books in digest form, the old Archie Digest or Spidey Man Digest, at the checkout counter next to people? There's a little kid in the shopping cart clamoring for whatever's in front of him, whether it's chapstick or eyeglass repair kits or mm-hmm. uh, mints. They're mm-hmm. grabbing whatever's in front of them. Give them a colorful Spider Man book or mm-hmm. an Avengers book and turn them into readers mm-hmm. forever the way we all were. Well, I was in um, I was in Stop and Shop, and I, I passed the the magazine aisle, and there was a couple of issues of Green Lantern, 
And then there was like Batgirl and the cover was like mm-hmm. bent up and everything mm-hmm. like that. But there was nothing else. Mm-hmm. There were those two random ass books shoveled in between mm-hmm. like Teen Beat and all mm-hmm. that other crap that they have. And they're just lost. Mm-hmm. They were just there. No mm-hmm. one was buying them. Uh, what? Mm-hmm. What's the point? You know, in a point to that, um, you kind of need to have someone who is passionate about it to to market those in those stores. Because, yeah. you know, you go into a stop and shop. I'm sure there are a couple of absolutely amazing employees, but um, unless that person is passionate about getting that stuff out mm-hmm. there, you know, magazines to them is, oh, we didn't sell it, tear the cover off, send it back. Yeah. Right, but the only thing, I worked for uh, Borders, sort of, you know, Walden Books for a couple of months. We had magazines that basically didn't sell, mm-hmm. but they're they're sold to a planogram. You get a map mm-hmm. every oh, week. Oh yeah, that's and, everywhere. Right, yeah, and they all have to be in a certain mm-hmm. place on the shelf, or you get spot inspected and mm-hmm. fined and whatever. Well, so if you had a planogram that said, "I have to put the Spider-Man Digest or the Fantastic Four Digest at the counter next mm-hmm. to the 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 Tic Tacs," mm-hmm. it would very well be there. Yeah, every single week, mm-hmm. those books would be there, and someone would see them. Yeah, and if you get a couple of percent of extra people and their kids, and you form that habit as a kid, they'll never lose it. Mm-hmm. We, I, I haven't. You guys started a little later. Right. Or started younger yeah. in labs. Oh, I'm in it deep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, super so, bad, we, we agree with why are there yeah, adaptations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super Bad Larry um, asks us about corporate cult, the corporate culture at DC that supports this new round of very sexist issue zero covers. <gasps> Namely, Catwoman, Batgirl, and Birds of Prey. That's what I haven't says. seen. I haven't seen the covers. So um, we're, we're, what what worst thing can they do to Catwoman? They've done so far. Uh, I mean, have, you've seen the covers, right, Rob? Yeah. So yeah, why don't you speak on this for a second? Here? I'm going to see if I can find the cover for Bob to see if I can see it. So I can yell and scream. <laughs> oh, this is going to be excellent, and I cannot <laughs> wait. Um, I do agree. Uh, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. You do not need to portray them in that light, mm-hmm. um, especially the Catwoman cover. And I know it's it's kind of becoming an internet thing right now to to jump on on that image in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some great images that that people kind of messed around with her look in that pose um, out there. You can, you can search around and take a peek. Uh, it's, it's quite hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you, you don't need to do that. Okay, sex sells, whatever, but not in this sense, not with these kind of characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, the quote I keep coming back to is Trina Robbins uh, wrote that, well, women don't buy comics because they're, they're being degraded in the comics themselves. Right. So if you're looking to expand, is, is this what we want to do? Not at all, uh, not in know. my opinion. Mm-hmm. I will say I will say this: the Catwoman cover, yes, is ridiculous. Like it's like all ass and boobs. You know, <laughs> that, that's all it is, really. I will say though, to Superbad Larry, though, I mean, I've looked at the Birds of Prey and the Batgirl cover, and they're fine. There's, they I mean, they're busty, but they're all covered up, and they're not in like suggestive poses. They're just, in, they're in very superhero poses. I'm going to show Bob the Catwoman cover right now, and he's going to... I need to see it, too. I'm going to plot. Drum roll, please. All right, here we go. So there's the Catwoman cover, Bob. Oh, good God. There's just... That is awful. Yeah. First of all, it's awful art. What happened to her tits? (laughs) 
No, obviously her 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 support costume has has failed. Well, her 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 ass is the same size as her as her as her tits. So. Exactly. They might as well just like copy and she paste. She looks like it, a tits so. and ass yin yang. Yeah. <laughs> well, there her, you go. Her chiropractor <laughs> will be happy. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I will say that I think the other two oh. issues aren't aren't bad. But Catwoman just stands continue, out. Continues oh. to be <laughs> this kind of showpiece oh. for not good. You know, not you know, not good stuff. Um, Steve's showing a picture. I don't know what it is. It's it's one of the reimagined cat. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, just it's just boobs, it's boobs. just a rack with eyes. Yeah, rack with awesome. eyes. <laughs> it's pretty it. funny. It's, so yeah, I, I, pitiful is the <laughs> word I would use. This is what I'll I want say. This on a shirt. It's awesome. About corporate co- culture um, and the, the sexist. I think sexist is the wrong word. It's exploitative. Sexist it means something other than what what's going on there, you know. I would not say it's sexist, because to show it's disproportioned, it's unrealistic, and it's maybe a slightly chauvinistic. But I would go go there because the male characters aren't shown in the same way. Right, codpiece. Right, we 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 don't see Batman with his hips thrust forward with his junk in your face. Yes, it, no, it's exploiting. It's exploiting women. Right, but there could be. Fun exploitation, winking. It, which is not. But I'm saying right. this is. This is not winking. This is full out. He- no, this is not. Well, there's so, other kinds of winking. Steve is having so, fun. <laughs> he's he's looking at all the reimagined. I appreciate cats. that they're this funny. One is yes. awesome. But this is not good radio. No one can see what you're looking at. Um, <laughs> so um, it's very funny. <laughs> Nobody can see what you're looking at. We'll, though. we'll link. We'll put care. it on the site. We'll but put you should it on the care site. because people aren't going to know. So they're you're just laughing. We'll have to link them up to the site so um, people can see these too. So uh, Ref Stones on Twitter asked us, uh, which books or titles do you like to crack open a beer with and which do you consider wine or scotch to be more fitting for? So uh. he says, for instance, my big two major titles, I enjoy a beer, but if it comes to the likes of Brubaker's Fatale, I break out a single malt. Um, I'm a big mm. fan of Maker's Mark. Mm-hmm. I enjoy uh, a good whiskey or bourbon, and uh, I tend to read my uh, more independent stuff with, okay. uh, if I do drink, when I, I very rarely drink, but when I do, um, Saga, for one, um, and Morning Glories, absolutely, um, I fuck myself up pretty bad before I read Morning Glories <laughs> each issue. <laughs> so, That's pretty funny. <laughs> thanks, guys. Um, we had a... Uh, um, Kevin uh, put a comment on our site, actually. He wanted to thank you, Steve, for recommending I Kill Giants. He said he found it in my library. Yeah. This awesome. afternoon, after listening to your podcast on the way to work, I teach at a school for at-risk students and have met many Barbaras in my day, which is, I guess, the lead character. Fantastic. Um, this book grabbed my heart and reminded me about all that is important in life. I never would have read it without your oh. podcast. I just want you to know that you are making a real difference in people's lives by sharing your insights about comics. Ooh, oh my is, god! Is it also? I wonder how Stephanie would pronounce my name. She's not here. I can't wait to have her pronounce this name. Um, it's Kevin Kuchin, Kuchinmeister, but he, he puts That's out awesome. how to say it. So I can't wait to show her the name and have her pronounce it. But thank you so much, Kevin. Uh, yeah, for that. and you can actually you can thank Rob uh, that's with us today for that as well because he is the one that turned me onto it. So you got a double header there, buddy. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that that actually just gave me goosebumps hearing that story. So awesome. Thank you. That's that's great. I mean that's a great comment. And we had one uh Facebook uh question on our Facebook. It says, um it's from Jonathan it says, I'm new to comics and I've been listening to your podcasts. 
what does the term right to a trade mean? I enjoy the podcast. Keep it up. Thanks. Rob answered that earlier in the, in the show, which I thought was very funny. And Rob did not know that question was there. So it was very funny that he, uh, he brought it up. Do we have time for one more? Sure. Yeah. What's up? Um, I forget. Um, if, I don't know if you can look it up. There was somebody that said, uh, image or vertigo. Oh, okay. Image or vertigo. You must choose. Rob looks distressed. (laughs) Uh, no, no. I'm oh. going to say image. Okay. Um, right now. Okay. I would say 10 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, vertigo, easily. Okay. Steve, what about you? Absolutely image. Morning Glories, Saga, uh, Mind the Gap, all those crazy books that give me a break from all the, the capes and superheroes and shit. Um, image, all the way. Vertigo ha- has American Vampire, mm-hmm. um, couple of... Sweet Tooth, yeah, a couple really solid titles, um, but Image is is for me consistently my go to company for entertainment uh, comics that I want to read. Yeah, why? Um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, just even. I mean, even over like we weren't given the choice last time when we talked about the stuff, but like even over DC or Marvel, I would choose Image. Okay, interesting. I mean, Bob, you don't read a lot of indie IDW. books. So, IDW. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's no, okay. Nothing wrong with that. Stephanie <laughs> against IDW up until we proved Yeah, she had some stupid shoes like, Block and Key is the only thing that's coming to IDW that's any good. She said and then that. She, uh, what then about she... Smoke and Mirrors? Didn't she like that? Yeah, Steve, she did. Uh, Magical Steve Jobs. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> Worked as oh, magic on her. That. Changed I her laughed mind. my ass off. <laughs> and Monosite. Also Monosite IDW. Trio. Trio. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think she liked the letters. There were too much like words and just... She was just being saucy. I love you, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we so, miss you. Um, I Come do not, home I, soon. I don't miss you, Stephanie. So there we go. <gasps> We're gonna keep the same kind of tenor about everything. <laughs> so that's it for um, listener feedback. Thank you guys so much uh, for all your questions and comments. Keep them coming. Um, we've got a lot of people recently that said, "Oh, I've just started listening to your show." And they're enjoying it. And I want to say thank you to all the new listeners. And thank you especially to all the constant listeners. Uh, you guys are the reason that we do this. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Um, so here we go. Today's releases. Fuck <gasps> yeah. Um, from Boom <laughs> Studios, we have Incorruptible, number 30. We have Steed and Mrs. Peel, number 6. Valen the Outcast, number 7. It's a wow. very epic sounding name. That's up seven Valen already? the Outcast. By the way, let me just throw in, there's a Steed and Mrs. Peel real series coming. Mark Ooh. Wade. Oh, All right. Yeah. Mark cool. Wade? Yeah. Awesome. Nice. All right. From uh, Dark Horse, we have Buffy the Vampire Slayer, season nine, number 10. Sweet. Conan the Barbarian, number five. Brendan. Massive, number one, which Steve mentioned before. Yes. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. I'd read that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that a Captain American Idol book. Um, Star Wars, Knight Errant Escape, number one. And Strain, number five of 12. There are literally 16,000 Star Wars books. Um, and they all have such creative titles, too. Yeah. <laughs> And they're all very long titles. They have like three, they're like three subtitled books. <laughs> uh, from DC, we have American Vampire, Lord of Nightmares, number one of five. Ooh. Batgirl, number 10. Yay! Batman, number 10. Yay! Batman and Robin, number 10. Yay! Um, before Watchmen, Silk Spectre, number so one. Uh-huh. Uh, Batman Arkham Unhinged, number three. Yeah. We have <laughs> DC Comics Presents Superman Adventures, number one. Yeah. We have Deathstroke, number 10. Ugh. Demon Knights, number 10. <laughs> Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, number 10. Hell yeah. Green Lantern, number 10. Uh, Green Lantern, the animated series, number 3. Boo. We have Grifter, number 10. Um, Legion Lost, number 10. Bleh. Ravagers, number 2. Mm. 
Resurrection <laughs> Man, number 10. <laughs> Saucer <laughs> Country, number 4. Fuck yeah. Shade, number 9 of 12. Oh, Suicide Squad, number 10. Superboy, number 10. And that is it for DC. Um, from Dynamite, we have Boys, number 67. The sequel to Girls? <laughs> I wish. We have Flash <laughs> Gordon, Zeitgeist, number 5. We have Kirby Genesis, Captain Victory, number Blech. five. Lone Ranger, number six. We have Panther, number one. Ooh. Tied into Prophecy or not? Um, I don't know. Number... That's on here. I don't know if it, there, I thought, did it come out. Was that last week? Yeah, I saw that last week. Well, it's been on yeah. both lists then. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, weird. it did come out last Sometimes week. Sometimes, yeah. did Spider number two also come out last week? Yes, it did. Okay, so that's The weird. Master of Men. Um, Vampirella number 18. That's new, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Voltron year one, number three. <laughs> Warlord of Mars, number 18. Um, Warriors of Mars, number three. Witchblade, Red Sonia, number four. And Zoro Rides Again, number 10. I feel like I wasn't read, there a Zoro last week. I feel like I read the same books from Dynamite every th- two weeks. Does it say OA next to it? Um, what Zoro? Uh, yeah. No. Or, or any of the ones that you might have felt you. Read? No, it does not. Okay. It's weird. Mm. I'm gonna find um, a Zoro on your shelf last week. But, uh, but they might have another one. So was it's that not... Lady Rawhide? <laughs> no, I think it was. Wasn't it a a Lady Zoro book? Actually, <laughs> Lady <laughs> Zoro. I'm really confused now. From IDW, we have uh, Cobra number 14. Kiss number one. Um, what? Night yeah. of 1,000 Wolves number two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Color Classics number two. Transformers Robots in Disguise number uh, six. As opposed to More Than Meets the Eye yep. number five, which was last week. From Image, <laughs> we have Alpha Girl number three, Bulletproof cool. Coffin Disinterred number five, Dancer number two, hey. Invincible number 92. Yes. We have Not Mind the Gap number two, which has been delayed because of a printing error. Yeah, uh-huh. but don't forget about it. Yeah. Uh, we have Planetoid number one. Yes. Um, Skull Kickers number 15. <laughs> Love oh, the name. Is that the real name, or they just yeah. can't say the other name? No, no it, it is, and it's oh, actually okay. a really good book. <laughs> okay. Um, from Marvel, we have Amazing Spider-Man number 687, Ooh. which is the end of the ends of the Earth. We have Amazing Spider-Man the movie, number two. <laughs> we have Avengers number 27. We have Avengers Assemble number four. We have... There's so many second printings of stuff. We have AVX versus number three. Ugh. We have <laughs> Captain America number 13. Yes. Captain America and Hawkeye, number 632. Ah, I don't have to buy that crap anymore. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Um, Deadpool, number 56. We have Fantastic Four, number 607. Nice. That I will read with a large glass of wine. It's the bottom of my pile. I'll <laughs> just wait and embrace. Halo, Fall of Reach, Invasion, number 404. Blah, Incredible blah. Hulk, number 9. Yay. Um, we have... Marvel Zombies Destroy, number three of five. Um, we have Mighty Thor, number 15. Mm. Scarlet Spider, number six, which Ooh. I'm actually quite excited about. Me too. It's a good book. Uh, Spider-Man, number one, which I'm super excited yeah. about. Hell yeah. Ultimate Comics X-Men, number 13. Yes. Um, Uncanny X-Force, number 26. We have Untold Tales of the Punisher Max, number one of five. <laughs> We have X-Men number 30, X-Men Legacy number 268. Yeah. How many tie-ins are on that list? Um, d- half a bunch. dozen? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's at least five. Um, and from oh. Xenoscope, we have Grim Fairy Tales number 74. Hell yeah. Grim Fairy Tales Annual uh, 2012. Yes. And a Grim Fairy Tales art book. It is going to be a grim day. 
Mm-hmm. So that is it for the list. Uh, Rob, can you think of anything off the top of your head that I have missed? Or uh, No, I just want to thank you guys. Uh, I've been a really big fan of the show, and you guys do a, a great service. I think. Thank uh, you very much, Absolutely Rob. love yeah. it. So, you know, it's been great hanging out. Awesome. I'll give um, you your $10 off the air yeah. for saying that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we're, uh, we're big fans of you guys, too. Yeah, uh, we appreciate your store so much. Yeah, yes. it's great. Um, no problem. So, it's Tour Comics. Um, so, get in touch with us on Twitter, at Talking Comics. Uh, email info at TalkingComicBooks.com. TalkingComicBooks.com is the website. So, those are all places you can get in touch with us, interact with us, talk with us. Um... I am at Bobby Shortle on Twitter. Steve is at Dead Anchorus underscore. So Dead underscore Anchorus. Dead underscore Anchorus. Not Dead Anchorus underscore. No. <laughs> Random That's underscore. That's why I don't do Twitter. You I couldn't need figure that to out. do Twitter, yeah. Bob. Somebody made you a Twitter account. One of our listeners made you a Twitter account. You don't even have to do he anything. Pre- he can pretend to be me then. <laughs> That'll be pretty funny. Um, and Rob, you are I'm at Dusk1020 On Twitter, so there we go Those are all our Twitter handles um, Thank you everybody for listening um, For Steve Watch Young Justice Absolutely <laughs> Bob Watch the news every night, it's important Absolutely not uh, <laughs> Rob Watch me go to bed <laughs> I have been Bobby Until next time on Talking Comics To be continued <laughs>